Welcome back, everybody. This is Mark 172 of Geeks Chasing Squirrels Across the Multiverse. My name is Greg. I am the Bat Daddy 52. And folks, with the first overall pick in the 2023 NFL Draft, the Carolina Panthers select C.J. Stroud, quarterback, Ohio State, for the next 15 years. It's a good deal. It's a good night. Crazy things going on in the sports world, but that's a different show. Did you find a genie or some lamp or something that you're I'm trying to rub you, right now? Yeah, wishes coming true. It's it's insane. It's <laughs> trying to will it into the future. Period. That's right. That's right. That's what you got to do. You got to start talking about it early, you know, because get it out there. But oh yeah, uh, we got a lot of fun stuff to talk about tonight. Covering the regular shows, a little bit of news. I'm sure we're also going to drop on us, and we have a special guest this evening. So, as always, we'll get into it with that. And I'm going to introduce him, Mr. Jeffrey Haas. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing very well. I really love the intro. I was looking, I was like, damn, I want that one instead of mine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, uh, that one's, uh, kind of a work in progress. It's, that's like the third or fourth different kind of intro we've had. So I like to change them up every season. I figure a year is a season. So it's, it's fun to play around with those, but I appreciate it, man. That's really cool. So, uh, Jeff, you're joining us tonight, man. Uh, little known or, uh, behind the scenes fact here the all the guests that we have on this show that produce this amazing content that we get to share and I wouldn't otherwise know about but love to be able to promote um, is given to us by Jeff here. He's the one who contacts me. I've been talking to you for about a year now, I would think, but never actually spoken face to face with you, at least uh, virtually. Uh, right. So, this is the first time and it's an honor to have you on. I really appreciate everybody you've uh, brought on the show for us. And it's awesome to have you on tonight. Oh, totally my pleasure. Thank you so much. It's, everyone um, is happy to come on, so they're going to keep coming. Yeah. <laughs> so, writer, creator, uh, we're here to talk about your work this evening. Uh, yeah. And you've sent us uh, your comic. Uh, you are a, a, a creator of this, Terminus, The End of All Things. Yep. And uh, you've sent us a little bit of artwork here, so we're going to scroll through this artwork like we usually do and check out how beautiful it all is. And then discuss uh, motivations and storylines and all kinds of different things me and Ross want to dive into with this. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and present this. And then I guess let me get you started with um, how long have you been working on at least this project or like been working or getting something into it? And is this your first piece of work? Okay. Um, this uh, project's been – I'm trying to remember the hell I, when I started. Uh, I think a year and a half maybe. I think, I think okay. it's, it's been – it could be two, but I think it's a year and a half. It's – Time kind of has all merged over the last five, four or five years. And I, and I, and I think it's been only two. So, uh, but no, it's not my first. Um, I've done uh, Sanctus, which was a graphic novel through Arcana um, publishing at the time. Um, I, think, I think they still exist. Uh, Nightmare Patrol, um, Malik Raining Devil through 123 Go uh, Publishing, um, Santa Claus through 123 um, Go Publishing as well. And then a few shorts from different um, anthologies and things of that nature. Okay. So you've got a lot of stuff out there. Um, it may sound like more than it is, but it, I got some stuff going on. <laughs> I mean, for me, once it passes like two or three, it's like, yeah, it's a lot of stuff. <laughs> okay, then, yeah. then, then, then I'll take out, yes, it's a lot of stuff. <laughs> and yeah. I, I think I'm at 12 published works now. Good deal, good deal. I'm always um, amazed by the amount of time it takes people. Uh, all the all the creators that uh, come on, I mean, it's amazing. You know, some of them work their whole life on a project like this, and some of them, uh, the last person we had said so they had got it done in a matter of like two months. I mean, just like from creating a premise to, to the idea, to, to pushing it into something. And then, you know, I mean, it took a little bit longer to actually get uh, something tangible, but it, you know, it's amazing how people's processes work. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the key obviously is the end product 
Um, you know, whether you're spending five years on a project or two months, if the are if the end project is looks like it's worth it, then it's time well spent. If, if it came out like shit, I don't care if you spent five years or two months on it, uh, it's garbage. But it's, uh, the end product is, is always the important thing, no matter how much time you, you spent on it. Is this the first time you've worked with this artist and letter before? Yeah, uh, this is uh, the, the very first book with um, with Mr. Ship, uh, Brad Ship. He is fantastic. I I, I kind of just stumbled upon him, and you know, and after kind of looking at his stuff, I, I was like, well, because this title, I really wasn't sure I was going to um, work on, you know, because from prim primarily financial issues. You know, I was like, you know, this is expensive, so I want to invest, you know, while I'm working on some other stuff. But then I bumped into to Brad. I was like, his artwork is awesome, but I need something <laughs> to get him to work on now. And I had Terminus in my head, and I, and I was working. I had the script complete. I was like, I think he's the right one for this. So I uh, messaged him and thinking he'd say, I don't have, you know, he can't afford me. And he didn't. And I was like, all right, comic going. And it just kind of launched from there. That is pretty cool. Uh, I mean, I always wonder, it, like, within the groups is there circles of people that like you prefer to work with and like do, do you keep in touch how, how far the networking goes between artists and letterers and and, and, and creators in this realm um but i imagine it probably branches out pretty wide yeah i mean it, it's not also like these are marvel where i can't sign an artist to an exclusive you can't be like exclusive with jeff i mean it'd be nice if i could afford to do that but you know you can't but um you know i've worked with great artists in my time but frankie washington is fantastic he does um Cowboys and Cages or Cages and Cowboys now with uh, I think Matthew Blair. So he's been a little busy. Um, uh, JD, um, I, th I think it's JD Wong did uh, Santa Claus. And, you know, it, it, you, you get different artists and different artists are, are good at different things. But um, for th this project, Brad Ship seemed to have been, you know, I looked at his work. He was the perfect one to do this project. Yeah. So I wanted to ask you about the, the kind of black and white aesthetic you have here with this is that uh is, is there a version in color is that just the, the what we see here or is that the way you you've kind of drawn it up to be um the goal is if we hit a three thousand um, dollars which is our stretch goal is to move to color okay but right now we're sticking with the gray tones it has a, some little extra style points to it, which i do like um i think he did a great job with the gray tones involved but i mean i, I don't like the bullshit it it's color is more expensive I mean, oh, yeah. <laughs> so, and so it's just kind of how it goes. Um, but if we make the $3,000, which is a stretch goal, we're at $1,200 is the goal. $3,000 is the uh, first, probably, well, maybe the first or second stretch goal. I haven't decided on stretch goals quite yet. Um, this will hit color. Okay. I, I like the greatness of it. I mean, actually, I looking too. through it, uh, it, it did not strike me as something that was, I don't want to say unfinished because I, did, I see a lot of work that, uh, you know, like you said, it's more expensive. So people's first, uh, introduction to bringing to rolling it out is always in black and white, and so reading this, like I wasn't, I was not, I was not feeling that right off the bat, and I really, the tone, the shading, and everything else that he actually worked with, made it really pop off. If yeah. just a couple colors, like gray, black, white. I mean, if uh, if The Walking Dead can do it, why the hell not, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was going to actually be one of my next questions. Was uh, I'm a huge sci-fi nerd love all the stories that um the different variances that we get through all, all the culture what were your influences just like an idea wise maybe something where did you pull some of the things from and um 
and like I, I guess more along the lines of what do you feel like this story I don't want to say does for sci-fi but uh, what is it what does it mean to you for the genre all right, uh, and white chocolate espresso. Thank you so much for saying it looks dope. I appreciate that. So this one, shout out to the chat box. Uh, anyways, um, this there's a few influences that can't hide. It's there. Uh, Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Um, we might talk about Thraxis. Um, when you when you get more when we explore his culture a little bit more and who he is, the Klingons are um, influence. You know, I mean, there's definitely a Klingon. Thraxus uh, influence going on right there for as a warrior race. And that's Thraxus right there. He's a race of, a race, a race of warriors. They do have um, a, a belief system that's all about hunt the hunts, the great hunts that they go on, which is also part of sport for them. So Star Trek is definitely there. Uh, when we get to um, the, the Laurelians with Salah, that's the end probably on some level from Lord of the Rings, except for you know, the hype, but they're there. I mean, there's definitely influence there. Um, uh, you see the... Uh, <laughs> the, the guy, the guy of Pius Godol, he's like a space pope. You can the, tell by my hat. Unfortunately, it's not the um, most complimentary um, interpretation of space popes, but it's there. I mean, the influence is obviously there. Um, there's a few others that are definitely, when, when, you, when you read the comic book, you can kind of see where some of these guys come from, the link. Um, there's a lot of influence from the links, a, a sort of Borgish, um, Skynetish thing to them. It, it, I, 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 I'm not going to sit here and say everything is purely original. Every idea comes from something else. Everything's been inspired by something else. And I kind of melded them into this situation and seeing how they bounce off each other. And I kind of took what I loved about um, science fiction, what I love about Star Trek, and took it to, in my opinion, the ultimate conclusion. What happens when you go far, um, in the, into the far into the future when the universe is finally going to die? It's being mm-hmm. torn apart. Um, this, it's what we call the Great Rift. What causes the Great Rift? It's science fiction. Just enjoy it. Um, but the universe is going to die. And it's going to die at some mathematical determined part of time that, that they have kind of figured out, more or less. And they're trying to escape our universe to see what exists outside our universe. What happens when this universe dies? What can be after it? And there's some questions of purpose. Like, what is existence if it can end? And the universe just finally stops. Like, what, what, what was the point of it all? And I kind of um, address that. And then there's an, there's an ending already determined. And it's something I think is new to sci-fi. I don't think people have seen, thought of something like this. So I think it's going to be a real shocker. But we're going to build to it. And you're going to basically see these characters work together, not work together, um, based on the... The way the pitch I kind of have in my head, uh, or if you want to understand the scope of it, the ship has about two hundred fifty thousand people on it. Okay, these are the last seven species in the universe that are sentient. So there's two hundred fifty thousand people on it. My guess by the end, only ten of them will be left. Ooh, so that's wow. the that's the body count I'm going to be looking at right now. Now, ultimate <laughs> game of Clue. <laughs> right. <laughs> so that's two hundred fifty thousand you said on here, and then there's also is that including like the seven scientists? Am I to understand? Is that seven different species and scientists there's, of different species? There's, yeah, there's seven. Diff- there's seven different species that um, add up to two hundred fifty thousand different. Uh, most of the species are okay. uh, there's a lot of human. Uh, the link, beta, how you want to call them per individual, but they exist. Um, there's um, the two clones of each other, Alpha and Beta. They are only two of the entire species together, so that only count them as two. 
but the followers of um, the acolytes of the Vaux, there's a lot of them as well. But at the end of the day, uh, about 10 will probably make it through. I haven't determined the exact 10 that they're going to be, but 10 make it to the end. Okay. And that was actually going to be one of my next questions for you was how far out do you have this story planned? And I guess you have, there's a beginning and an end to this story, There's a which is nice to have that little bow tire wrapped up around, you know, like sometimes a continuation of things going on or be, being perpetual is not the best for all stories. You know, I'm not saying that's not for this because I don't know how it's going to end, but it's, it, it's, it's cool to have a beginning and an end or a point you want to know you want to get to. It's, it's like, consider, I consider um, a long-form miniseries, sort of like um, Why the Last Man, which was longer, but it wasn't ongoing, but it's longer than a miniseries. It's kind of how I envisioned it. Um, I do have most of it plotted out. I wouldn't have started it if I didn't know how I was going to end it. I think you can't, you I didn't want to start anything until I knew how it was going to wrap up. Um, beyond that, there's certain points I want to hit, and certain points that if the series didn't do as well, I can kind of write out and kind of shrink the series down a little bit. Uh, so there's flexibility there, and I let myself some flexibility, even if it is successful, to let the story tell itself. But I want to hit there's certain points I definitely want to hit. There's a certain end goal approximate that I think I'm going to reach. Um, I don't want to get too deep into the exact issue count, um, but it, we're, we're talking. But it's not. I mean, we're not talking crazy length, but okay. it's going to be longer than a standard miniseries. Okay, that's pretty cool. Hey, I just want to say this picture right here. That's a splash page. Right yes, there. indeed. <laughs> like, that's beautiful. <laughs> All those characters right there. And I, I love, I love, I love this droid. And I love, uh, is that a tree ant? Um, yeah, he's basically like, he's like your, um, sort of like an ant. He's, sort of, he's the Laurelians. Okay. He's the law of the Laurelians. They're a plant-based species that is from one of the planets. Um, in the background, that's Link. He's of a species of sentient uh, machine computers that are all sort of like a hive mind. Uh, they said that's um, over there. We have Alpha of Azarakian, and that's um, Pius Gadol of the the Space Catholic. Okay, that that's a really cool image right there. Oh, thank you. Yeah, and then of course you got this badass main character here, which I, there's not a lot of names throughout this whole thing. You just know her as Miss President. Uh, she's President. Yeah, eventually, um, her, when her name drops, will be President Lamar. Okay. Um, but she is the leader of the Terminus, which is the name of the ship. Uh, she's both actually both the captain and president of the ship. Uh, there's reasons for that, and as the story de- evolves, you're going to understand why she was chosen um, and why she approaches it the way she does, and how she has to kind of step up from from all that. And there's, and there's a lot of backstory to her as well that will get developed. Basically, the first couple of issues is sort of more of the introduction. You start hitting the backstories around issue three. We kind of start um, exploring um, who are these cultures are the species and everything else around each other okay yeah it's, it's a it's a very interesting story it's um I guess I, you know i guess I, let me go through my questions here make sure i've gotten everything uh oh yeah so of all the characters that you have on here and i know it's kind of hard because it's like picking children like who is your favorite um it's not, you know, it's, it's not that hard <laughs> <laughs> okay. um I, I will say thraxis has become the character I enjoyed writing the most. Okay. Um, there's, there's just a, there's something about, the, he's, a lot of these characters, including Thraxis, kind of wrote themselves. You know what I'm saying? Like, so they became their own, they kind of, they brought life to themselves almost. As far as, as I'm writing them, they sort of kind of swept out their own direction. And Thraxis became the most fun character um, I was, um, I've written um, in a while. Um, he's, you know, there's humor with him. He's badass. Um, you know, definitely takes no shit from anybody. 
Um, and he plays off President Lamar really well, which is what I really like their dynamics with each other. So mm-hmm. I'll say Thrax is probably my, my favorite. President Lamar is a very is a is a fun one. Um, and then when we get to deeper into the first issue, um, which is not in the PDF here, but we get deeper into it, we get a few new, other new characters as well that become became a lot of fun to write. Okay. And eventually, yeah. it's it's a really good Ross. Sorry. No. I... I was just laughing at the whole little bit. I love this. I love those types of characters because you get the, um, you get the the war for the Drax or the, you know, the like killing is my goal or like you know like I do everything strong armed or like you know my sense of humor is very small but at the same time like I will kill you I will end right. your life and so I know those characters have to be fun just to bring to any medium. And and the thing that is more fun about him as well and about all these characters is that he's very definite about his philosophy in life and his um you know belief system and he will happily there's a scene where he almost it looks uh, i think he showed the picture where he's about to looks like he's going to chop the uh, space pope in, like in the head with the axe he's not kidding you know what i'm saying like he <laughs> don't believe that right. that's perfectly acceptable um within a certain principle you know which is once again is very very darwinian and he believes his his uh, species is the most likely to survive. They're both built for survival. Um, anyone who gets in the way, like um, uh, Pius Godot, has is expendable because he's not going to survive anyway. So, what's the difference between doing it now and doing it later? The first only issue is obviously doing it now gets you into some trouble with the other um, President Lamar and you know and the rest of the ship. But it's not like he feels bad about if it had to happen. Yeah. Yeah. All right. It makes sense. Just let it happen. Right. <laughs> let me it's, kill him now. <laughs> right. And like I said, it's, it's, he goes from a pure Darwinian standpoint in his life, which is the story must survive and they're made to survive. And his species is, when you look at them, they just look like the ones that are meant to survive. And that's his viewpoint on it. And that's the viewpoint right. of a lot of these guys, where they all kind of believe that their kind is best suited for survival or, or the ones who should survive. I mean, Alpha and Beta, the two clones, they be, be them, view themselves as genetically perfect. Um, beta, though, is the redundancy. Alpha is the primary. So Alpha feels that his existence is all that really matters. And when he gets to a planet, the um, the the clones, you know, reproduce the clones that he needs, and they'll make the planet of all hymns. But that's the way it should be because he is perfection. So there'll be a planet of him, as it should be. Um, you know, mm-hmm. the acolytes of DeVoe believe that God put them in charge. They are the faithful, so they are the ones who must survive. And it kind of follows a lot of these views that everyone kind of views their belief system as being the one that should carry on, and the rest are expendable on some level. Right. It's almost like a mirror of reality. That's kind All of right. it. Sci-fi is an allegory, isn't it? Yep. That's right. I like, uh, I like the fact that you have, you know, this this no arc feel, but what, you, what you've introduced is what a lot of things that we watch and read and are a part of um treats is like a flavor of the week type mm. type ending so you know like if you impending doom is always the thing that you're trying to get away from hope is the thing yep. is what episodes or movies or genre is typically about so when you basically rip that band-aid off right out in the beginning and you're saying that the world is ending we know that mathematically we have all this figured out. How are we going to, you know, press forward? You set a tone for the whole entire thing that allows satire to just be created on this ship. Yeah. And I think that's, that was really well designed. Oh, thank you. 
like, like I said, and like I said, it's it, the whole universe, so it's everything. Um, but yeah, I mean, basically, the the ship exists as a as much as a means of escape, but also an act of desperation. Mm-hmm. There's definitely the math is definite. The universe is going to come to an end. It's being ripped apart. It's going to die. There's no way around it. It's going to happen. It's there. You can't stop it. Now, is there something after the universe? That's hypothetical, even in the story. You know, it's there, but at the same time, if there's not, then there's no escape anyway. So it's almost an act of the ship is an act of desperation in the hopes that there's something after that this universe just won't end when it ends. That there's something beyond our universe. And it's sort of math. There's some theories behind it. The uh, the link has mathematics. The humans have kind of mathematically determined that it probably is an end if you go far enough, you know, um, away. But it's still more desperation, I think, than actually I would call science at that point for them. But at the same time, when there is no escape, I mean, or when everything's going to die, you might as well. This is the only option you've got left. So you might as well try it and hope right. it works. <laughs> right. <laughs> what else can you do? Exactly. It, it, it brings two things, you know, it brings desperation and, you know, like what people are willing to do to survive, you know, especially when they think that, you know, like you said, all these species think that they are better than the next. And then it brings like, why don't we just float while being happy? You know, like right. we don't know what's going to happen. Let's figure it out. Like, you know, <laughs> let space Jesus take the wheel. <laughs> Let's see what happens. Well, like I said, and the key thing to keep in mind too is that resources are ideally limited, at least in the mind of some characters as well. Like Thraxus in the first issue is when you see the fight. His his figuring is resources are going to run out any time. We need to get more resources. This is all important kind of stuff. We live in a finite universe now. So once again, there's a lot of reasons for these people to not want each other around. Right, and the only reason they are hanging around each other is almost this mutual agreement at the moment that, at the moment, we need each other probably to survive, but the key is maybe, right. you know, maybe I can do just fine without the rest of you. You know, maybe we'll be fine. But at the same time, if I go after the humans, now also I might be looking at the Laurelians, you know, as as a conflict as well, and all back and forth. So there's some little politics there as well, and there's always a sense of what can we get away with, you know. So for now, at least. There's a, at the beginning a sense that we probably, at the very least, need each other for now. All right. At the very least. Uh, real quick, let me share this. I want to uh, want to talk about this cover you sent me here. You sent me this kind of right before we got the show started, and yeah. I've been sitting here looking at it, and man, it gives me these this '90s X-Men comic vibes. You know, I don't know if it's the lettering uh, on the mm. top or, or just the, the artwork and the color scheme, but I love it. It looks fantastic. Yep. Uh, and and this is your character, right? Uh, this is yeah. your, your, your uh, main guy. Thrax is, yeah, is at the bottom trying to survive. This is by Dennis Valencia, who's a kick-ass artist. He's amazing. Um, he does, he, he, he's just a standout work. And yeah, these alien creatures will show up towards the end of the first issue, and they're primar- prominent in the second issue. And... Um, well, I'll, I'll give away a little bit of the plot. That's fine. About the first issue. Basically, Thraxis has determined that resources are finite. They need to land on, a, on, the, on the planet while they still can, as far as they get away from the rip, and get as many resources as they can to, re, to go back on the ship so they can have enough food and resources to survive. Right. Well, the planet is hostile uh, for because uh, it's you know a comic book. And the key is to, once they get on the planet, they realize... They screwed up, or Thraxus screwed up in this plan of his to get on the planet against President Lamar's um, advice. And these are some of the creatures that he has to combat, which are like, um, they're, they're, they kind of almost look a little bit like almost alien or brood or like X Men brood kind of characters. And they're tough ass. 
they're smart as hell, and they, they so and obviously Thrax and the group that lands with him have to try to get back to the shuttle, get the hell out of there uh, before they're torn apart. But uh, the body count gets starts getting pretty high towards the end of the uh, first issue right. already. Sarah's like walking it. in with us. Sarah, what's up? Oh, shouldn't have read that in yet. I should have asked her before I put her on screen here. What's up, Sarah? She's still near me. Anyway, we'll keep going. Uh, <laughs> that's what's, oh, there she goes. Um, so yeah, I, I'm loving this cover, and it looks like is this this is a variant for the first issue? Yeah, um, variant cover. Basically, when the um, we, we the Kickstarter goes live March 14th at 7:30 uh, at 8 p.m. East, East Eastern time, the live show is 7:30. Um, this is a variant cover. It's nine dollars, just like the regular cover is nine dollars. Um, but you can get this one or the other one as you wish, or you can go to a higher tier. I can't remember how much it is. I think three issues. I think it's like twenty-five dollars, something like that, to get all three different covers. Uh, it's going to be a little discount for buying three, and this, you can buy them all at the same time. But this is the Dennis Valencia variant cover. There's one more, yeah. one other variant cover as well from by Chris Michael of Crick fame. I love it, man. Absolutely love it. Uh, Ross, did you have anything else you wanted to ask? Any questions or anything to add? I want to know more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. I'm going to hit up that Kickstarter. <laughs> yeah, like I said, everyone, is, the notification page is up. So you go to the end of all terminus on Kickstarter, uh, type notification, please. I would I would really appreciate it. And you'll get the you'll get updates. Um, there's a couple of big things coming as well. Um, after we launch, that's going to be kind of interesting. We're going to have... Um, there's a whole bunch of rewards, and there's probably going to be another variant cover coming as well at some point. So you're going to, have to keep an eye on that too. So I, won't, I can't talk about that one yet. Okay. What is the? Uh, I guess how how far out would you say from beginning to end? This is issue one to the end of this story. Is this going to be? Do you think? Like, uh, for I me, mean, how many issues total? Well, I mean, like timeline. Like how, well, timeline, how, how, far, um, how, how far out are we? Are we? Are we doing issues? I'm not 100 positive. It's, it's probably it's going to be of how successful this one is. I mean, if, I if, if this issue makes tons of money, trust me. The I'm sure Brad would be more than happy to start knocking them out with uh, two, three, okay. and four, you know, as the money that comes in. Um, okay. Right now, I put in a date of completion for the first issue in August. Um, that's just an assumption is that Brad works full time a, a regular job, so it gives him time to um, for the just to complete and then him to finish up the issues. Right now, there's nine interior pages complete, and it will be 24 total. So I put in for August. It'd be nice if we get it done quicker, but at the same time, um, I'd rather have Brad take the time to get it done, because like I said, he has a full-time job, than try to rush this just to get it out and have it look like crap. So I, I, I want him to take the time, make it look as best as humanly possible. And hopefully, I mean, if we made enough money on this one, I'd like to see him jump right into the issue two right when this is over. Just keep on rolling. Uh, most of the money in this Kickstarter is going to him, um, not only as for paying for the pages, but once we break the goal, um, a lot of the money is going to go to him for a tip as a thank you for doing what he did uh, for me. Always, always a good idea, you know, take care of, take care Appreciate of people. Appreciate your people. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, uh, hey, folks, y'all here, get in, like, donate. Let, let, let's push past that goal right here because I want to hear more of the story. And I guess the, the more money it makes, the faster it's going to come out and the easier it is for it to come out. And that sounds pretty – well, I, I don't want to commit and say – make y'all commit and say faster it's going to come out, but – uh, the, the, the better chances and <laughs> that you get, you get more story sooner. So, uh, I like that, but, yeah, I mean, uh, if you made enough that the 
it pays for the first and the second issue all in this one campaign. You know what? We're going to run right into the second issue. That'll be perfect. There you go. There you go. But, you know, um, but yeah, so for everyone, anyone who's listening on um, March 14th at 7.30 on my uh, Instagram account, uh, Vector underscore comics, we're going to do a live show leading into the launch on, at 8 o'clock on the 14th. Eastern time, because all Eastern time. Uh, we're going to have guests from the chat room coming on. You can promote your own stuff for, you know, usually three to five minutes. Tuck your stuff up as part of the celebration. And 8 o'clock, we're going to launch. We'll be good for 30 days. Uh, but, yeah, so Vector underscore comics. Get on the live show. There's going to be also a uh, early bird special for the comic book as well for the regular cover. Uh, seven bucks uh, is the early bird special for a hard copy issue of Term- uh, End of All Terminus. Not good if I'm muted. Sounds awesome. Um, like I said, give me all that information that I can put in the uh, show notes for this show. So if you uh, are checking this out on YouTube or whatever podcatcher of your choice, once it's out there, just go to the show notes and you can follow all the links to get to all this work and donate and uh, you know give some money. Let, let's let's see this thing grow because it's a, a fantastic first issue, or at least the first thing stuff I've seen from it, and I want to know more. Thank you. Well, uh, if there's nothing else, I guess, Jeff, I really appreciate you coming on. Sarah, was there anything you wanted to say? I know you came on late, and I had you kind of – I guess I should have asked you before I put you on because, you, you know. Um, <laughs> yeah, but, I've been uh, a little, like – I'll have to catch up on this later because, like I said, I have, like, been totally out disconnected from everything for the past two weeks. So, <laughs> uh, Understandable. Uh, understandable. Okay. Well, um, Jeff, once again, man, I really appreciate it. I'm sure I'll be in contact with you soon. Uh, you're always putting people on here for me to talk about – fantastic artwork and uh stories and uh it's awesome thanks right. a lot man thank you so much i appreciate it yeah man thanks for making the community better indeed <laughs> there you go all right sarah taylor i'm sarah. so sorry i'm late guys oh my no, gosh it was last okay. week like it's just okay. threw me off because like i said it was our big event like yearly event for my industry so it was Basically, I probably stood on my feet for like maybe 20 hours. Mm. <laughs> so it was, yeah, it was crazy. But, I do, um, do hate that. But uh, but good. No, you know what it is? It's not even that. It's, I missed you. Like, <laughs> you don't even understand. <laughs> I have been going crazy over Picard for the last couple of weeks. And I'm like, oh my goodness gracious. I cannot wait to talk about this. And so that's the thing about it. Because normally I watch it like, you know, right, you know, the night it, it I, I, I just watched it. So, I yeah. mean, here it is Friday, and I'm like, I, I've just watched it. That's usually, like, my number one go-to. So, that just lets you know how crazy my week's been lately. <laughs> Not alone, girl. I've been doing the same thing with all shows. Normally, I'm first day. Like, wait, it's Tuesday? It's Wednesday? I know, yeah. right? And it's like, you know, I'm trying to keep up with everything. That's why I was, like, sending you guys, you know, the thing in the chat. I was like, okay, are we hitting, like, this, 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 and this? Because I'm like, oh, my gosh. Because you oh, remember, yeah. it was, like, a few weeks ago, we're like, okay, we have, like, one or two shows. Now it's like, oh. It's always like that. There's always stuff to come out. It's, it's, it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. Um, okay, well, before we get into shows, do y'all want to talk about new stuff we've been watching? Let's do stuff we've been watching. Like, is that, y'all watched anything else this week other than the stuff that we're covering right now? I mean, a couple other shows, but nothing that's like genre related. <laughs> F1's back, so I'm back in racing. You know, um, I actually almost started watching F1. There's uh, some kind of special on Netflix, and I was like, I'm gonna watch that, and I'm gonna get no, into Drive to Survive, man. Yeah, the new season came out. Yeah, I, I, I haven't even watched the new season. I haven't even got that far. I so. did watch the golf one though, the golf documentary. That was pretty cool. Wait, yeah, I like golf. So there's nothing wrong with golf. 
There's nothing, nothing wrong with it. I'm just saying, if you're going to, you know, extend it out with a documentary, it gets a little, you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> does your sleep need sleep? That's oh. all I'm going to ask. Well, I've, I guess Brian just let me know that I guess in April, like if maybe the first week of April, somewhere. No, 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 about April. Shit, I forgot what date he said, but Secret of Skinwalker Ranch next season. <laughs> Did you say Secret of Skinwalker Ranch? <laughs> Secrets of Skinwalker Ranch. Yeah. That sounds like a dirty movie. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, so I'm excited. That was that was gonna come back out because that that's 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 very entertaining. Yeah. Um, this man seeing more than us. I know. For real. I really, you know, here's the thing: is like I really, really want to see Creed. Cocaine Bear. It's cool. If I get a chance to see it, I'll see it. I'll see it when it comes out streaming. I'm not gonna go to theater and see it, but it sounds good. I really want to see Creed because I love the Rocky movies. Like, I love them, man. I have mm -mm, so, so good. Can always go back and watch the Rocky movies. But I have not watched a single Creed movie. So I apparently, don't either. Apparently, these things are fantastic. And I have yes. no doubt they are because Michael B. Jordan's amazing. And it's, you know, it's part of the Rocky series. Like, I need to go back and maybe we should cover it on the show. Maybe we should just in some downtime or if there's nothing else, just like cover the, these movies as they go. Because uh, apparently this movie is amazing. Like, absolutely man and, and apparently they've all been really really good i mean it's you look at one, so i've i've heard that but i mean you look at michael b and you look at, at jonathan i yeah. mean the two of them yeah. serious I mean, star power that, on screen i do not want to to, to be involved with that <laughs> yeah. oh so it says creed over rocky wow okay I now i'm not gonna lie the, the first well not the first the, the last rocky movie not the most recent one where he got older like the last of the original five mm -hmm. Uh, it started to kind of fall off there, you know. It was like uh, maybe this one doesn't need to be made, but uh, I don't know. Like I said, I haven't seen Creed yet, so I can't say Creed over Rocky, and I can't say Rocky over Creed. I just know that it looks pretty good. I like Michael B. Jordan as an actor. This is something I should have done on a long time ago, and I think that I need to catch up on this series. Well, I can never it? pin my youngin down so we can watch John Wick three. That's I haven't watched any of those either. Have watched those are good John Wick movies. Bang Bang movies. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely. Yeah, I, I enjoyed them more so than I thought I would. <laughs> they're they're they, kind of weird though, because I mean, it's like, you know, you, you automatically assume, okay, this is how John Wick is, but I'm like, you don't really have that much of a background. But then again, I haven't seen three, so I don't know if it adds to it. But John Wick to me looks like a Constantine meets Matrix movie, mm -hmm. a real world with no superpowers. Kind of it's still pretty like, badass. Oh, okay. I, mean, like, I enjoy yeah, it. I'm sure it is. I'm, I'm sure it is. But uh but I told the boy, I said, if we watch three, I said, I'll take it to see four. Okay. As a kid, I feel like I'd be all over it. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> the things me and my kid bond over. You know. well, we were talking about talking about Creed and Jonathan Majors being in that movie. Uh, mm -hmm. Did you hear that he's playing Dennis Rodman? No, but now that I look at it, I can kind of see that. Yeah. To be truly honest with you, that's actually a pretty good casting. I think it's uh I think Netflix is making that that movie about his little Las Vegas stint during the NBA finals. Oh my god. When he went, you know, and basically went all crazy for <laughs> two days. Um yeah. so they're gonna make a little a little movie about that. I'm imagining it's gonna be I don't know. In my mind, I've got what's that video game movie where everything's like first person shooter? You know, the, the guy from District Nine is in it. Um, oh, I know God. what you're talking about. I don't know the name of it. 
Yeah, it's escaping me, but it's almost like it's going to be that. And I can't think of any movie names, but the Jason Statham one where his heart's going crazy. Oh. I just a whole entire thing is going to be fast paced. Like, mm-hmm. like I feel like that's what it's going to be like with a little bit of hangover in it. Mm. Okay. <laughs> could be fun netflix is killing it with these documentaries of famous people or like just just individuals and just doing either either a documentary Crank or doing a, a dramatization based yeah. on a true story so it's, it seems to be the thing you know it's uh netflix isn't the only one doing it because it's definitely bringing people to the streaming scene well, I mean, you know, it just makes you wonder about how true some of this stuff is. <laughs> I mean, and I, I can't, like I said, if it's a dramatization based on a true story, then you know that a lot of it's probably, like, probably the really good stuff is probably, you know, made up. But that's what people want. Yeah. That's, that's what people, people want. want. Yeah. They want to remember things that they want to remember good stories rather than sometimes the truth, I guess. But I mean, there's nothing saying that it's not the truth. It just makes you wonder. You know what I mean? Like well, I, think, I think that's the fun part about it. You're like, is is, is what's yeah. the true part and what's the embellished part? Mm. You know, because then people get on their phones and they start going down deep diving and trying <laughs> to figure it out. <laughs> exactly. Now that I think about it, to be truly honest with you, uh, the Weird Al Yankovic movie. I don't know if y'all watched that yet or not, oh, but yeah. that movie like really pushes hard on that, where it's like some of this is true, some of this is not, and it's up to you to decide what it is. And it's fun sitting there trying to think about how much of this is really true and how much of it isn't of the story going on, you know, because I don't know. And I guess in that movie, it was really fun. But I knew going into it that it was like, I'm looking for this is what I'm looking for. Is this real or is this not real or is this uh, fake? Um, but I don't know. Well, uh, Panther Pickle says he's here. So I guess the uh, C3 uh, free for all must have let out. <laughs> I know they went on early tonight because Carolina made a huge trade tonight, trading for the number one pick overall. We control the draft. Oh, it's going to be so amazing. That's a whole different show, though, I'm telling you. Uh, so, Pickle, you got here, man. We're just talking about stuff we've been watching and getting the news. We haven't got any shows yet, so we're going to get into those in a few minutes. But is there anything else you guys have been watching? I know Ashley watched this movie that was... It wasn't like a rom-com and it wasn't like a I guess it was more of a drama but it was one of those movies that was dubbed it was filmed in a different language and it was dubbed in English and usually that's kind of irritating to watch but this one was dubbed so perfectly like, like the mannerisms and the timing of the mouth movements was almost perfect that if you didn't focus on their face when they were talking everything worked out great <laughs> I can't remember um, it was a drama it was, it was a movie that I would not turn on Unless she had it. What was it on? It's on Netflix. It was Love at First Kiss, I think was the name of the movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which, which was like I said, something I wouldn't turn on, but it wasn't it wasn't half bad, to be truly honest with you. It really wasn't. Like it was it was a good little drama. I didn't like the way it ended. I was like, oh, that's kind of fell flat at the end, but it's not really my kind of genre. <laughs> and then I can't really think of much I've been watching other than I've been watching a lot of basketball lately. Oh yeah, yeah, it has been coming up for NBA. Yeah, unsuccessful ACC week. Uh, that was a bad night last night for Carolina fans, but it happens. No, no, no. Things you can watch that you look forward to. You know what you can uh, possibly go see? Return of the Kings going back to theaters. I I read that last week and forgot to mention it, but really, 
as a Lord of the Rings fan, you may want to look at The best Lord of the Rings movie is coming back to theaters. I might go see it. Let's go do it. Let's do it. Go see it. I'm down. Kind of fun. Time to see the other movies that I haven't even watched yet. <laughs> yeah, I know. You know what's funny? It's like now that and uh, Jedi is coming back to theaters. And it's like, I, I would rather go see those in theaters than a lot of new movies that are coming out to be Well, you know what's coming out next you. week? What's up? Shazam, and I'm pretty sure I'm going to go see 65 instead. I'm not going to lie. If I have a choice, if I'm going to the movies and I have a choice of those two, I'm probably going to go see 65 as well. I want to see what it's got. I'm interested. I mean, it looks it looks like they're holding back on the trailer, so I really want to see it. Dinosaurs, man. Dinosaurs, dinosaurs, dinosaurs. You can't go wrong if you do them right. 60% of the time, it works. Every time. I will talk. Uh, the only real like trailer that kind of came out was the Mario trailer since it's Mario Day. The or final national, one, correct? International, whatever. Yeah, but did you watch it? Hold on. No, I haven't watched it yet. So you're telling me that International Mario Day is the day after International Women's Day? Yeah, Princess. That's really strange. Just odd timing. Mm. <laughs> it just seems weird. How do they pick these days? That's what I'm saying. Like, who is like, let's make the International Mario Day the day after International Women's Day? I don't know, man. I don't know. Anyway, no. I, I control the calendar. Look at me. Like, yeah. I barely know what I'm doing half the time. <laughs> I haven't watched it yet. Is it uh, like a lot of new footage? Is it more spoilerish? I mean, I've seen uh, this movie I want to see before I see it. Yeah, I thought so, but it definitely brings in uh, the Mario Kart. So you get a lot of Mario Kart scenes. And all I could think about was the Pedro Pascal Mario Kart scene. That's the best Mario Kart scene ever. It's right so there. good. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> Is Saturday Night Live Mario Kart scene? So I would watch good. that 100%. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. But no, all right. Well, Wait a minute, I just noticed something. Am I underdressed? I mean, do, do I need to run upstairs and grab my, get, grab my Panther gear? I mean, what, what's going on here? I mean, who's your boy? Your wide receiver? Um... Zilstra, go put your Zilstra jersey on. Is that what you say? Ow, it's Friday night. What are you doing with Burns? Calm down. Zilstra was still on the team at the beginning of the year at the fan fair at Fan Fest, and he was an awesome dude. He got re signed in like that, like March. And the next thing you know, he's like, I'm like What the hell? Hey, you know what? He was at the fan fest and he was walking away, and there was a kid behind us, and it was his mm -hmm. birthday that day. And I like yelled for him, I was like, Hey man, it's his birthday. And he came back all the way, ran all the way back and like signed this kid's hat or shirt or something. I can't remember, gave him an autograph. It was awesome. And I was like, Well, that's cool. Like, cool guy. And then we <laughs> let him go. And then he was tearing it up for another team, right? This yeah, that was his brother. Oh, that was his brother, that's right. Yeah, because now they're on the lines, both of them. Well, anyway, fucking rule. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that is the name that should not be spoken anymore in Carolina. Yeah, okay. yeah without some like explicative in front of there it. There you go. You've got exactly. You've got a cuss word. Usually, got to be the f word. So, <laughs> all right. Well, that do podcast we have is new? still on. You need to go back over to that one. <laughs> <laughs> podcast is still going. Look, that, look. If, if this, if the Friday free for all is still going, that means they're going on about three hours now. Because they started yeah. early. They're I definitely I, I put it on for a few minutes. And you guys were talking. Um, I was working out. And I'm like, no, I'm a, I am can't do this the whole entire time. Like, no way I can listen to this for like that many hours. But, man. I mean, I know everyone's got their theories and everything else. I was just, I was like, 
I read it. I'm going to wait for it. Uh, I love opinions, you know, but mm-hmm. I, I don't know about that many hours. Of- there oh. you go. Now you fit in this because this, just so you know, is still a Panthers podcast. <laughs> we are. We are. All right. I feel better now. There you go. <laughs> Let's feel better now. You're right. I got like a little warmer in here. I don't know why. I'm crazy. But. All right. Do we have any news, Ross? Uh, a little bit. Oh, wait, um, wait, 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 wait. Before. Now, do we have any news, Ross? I always, always forget. <laughs> Greg, Greg's hobby moments. Um. Uh, DC, you got the, the the Batman show. The Batman animated show is actually going to go to the Prime now since HBO dropped it. That Caped Crusader. I don't know how much you know about that. Mm, sounds cool. Um, I find it very strange that they're in the, the process of trying to bring that whole DC universe together, but then they're doing offshoots like this, which I'm not sure. It's an animated show, but I mean, last I heard, all animated, live action, video game, anything with the DC arc on it was going to be part of the universe minus like the Matt Reeves um, shoot whatever movie in the Joker movie so which brings up an interesting point the DC intro thing is that all gone now I don't know man like dude yeah. I'm not gonna lie I never know what's going on with DC anymore it's always something different and I, to be honest with you, <laughs> until they give me something that is solid and it's like a few movies in or shows in that are connected, I'm like, okay, I can see this universe. I just don't believe there is anything. I think they're yeah. just making good stuff. That's what I'm hoping for. They just make good stuff. Well, White Chocolate get... Espresso says here, what about a Star Wars movie new movie news? Is there Star Wars movie news? I didn't hear any Star Wars movie news. Yeah, they, they shelved the Patty Jenkins and Kevin Feige movies. They're officially put on the way, way, way back burner, even though Patty Jenkins came out and said that, you know, it was still in production because it was not shelved. They basically came out and squashed that. So Disney's Disney's actually been in the news quite a bit this week. They've had um, that Star Wars news. Iger basically said that, I mean, they're, they're dialing back on how they're making movies because of how like, poorly solo did in the box office which i think is a sham i think it was a there's a whole bunch of things that made that really sour did yeah really Mm -hmm. i said that was one of their you know lesser fine moments as far as a movie company goes releasing something but you know they they blew it up with marketing they blew it up with that they lost so much money because of bad calls that they made um the movie itself was a good watch the problem is they I think they were jumping around a whole lot too fast, too much. So with, like we discussed many times, you know, they did force awakens rogue one. They come out with, um, last Jedi, they come out with solo, you know, they're, they're dancing around this timeline like crazy. You can do that some places, but I don't know about in the box office, especially not as fast as they did. So, and maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's the jumping around timeline. I was gonna say because I've seen way worse movies than Solo. Like I've seen worse movies in the MCU than Solo. I mean, it wasn't that bad. It was. It was, it was a decent movie, but I can give that it wasn't a home run. But then again, were any of the last three, you know, uh, Skywalker saga movies a home run? I mean, I well, I mean, honestly, maybe, I've, but... I've enjoyed the the streaming more so than I have really the movies. Honestly, 
I have too, but when we get into talking to Mando in a little while, that's the topic that I want to hit. <laughs> so we'll, we'll, we'll get into that. <laughs> uh, I think Disney's doing a major consolidation. The whole reason why they brought uh, Iger back was to get the reins of the machine back under control. Um, you know, they have this whole back and forth with Hulu and Comcast and Universal lately, um, whether or not they're going to buy the complete, the rest of the shares of Hulu to own it completely. And then they have discussed trying to sell it to Universal and swapping for the rights of Hulk and Namor. And I mean, like there's a whole bunch of stuff that's been going on in that department. Um, you know, they have uh, Avatar 2, which I think is more James Cameron than it is Disney. Isn't going to come straight to Disney Plus like all the other Disney Plus movies? Hmm. Like, you know, they're, he's going to make you buy it if you want to watch it before it actually serves its typical time. He's got to make his money, of course. Yeah. Yeah, um, it, I guess. Oh, the uh, and the oh shoot, what is it called? The Galactic Star Cruiser is you know that the the whole hotel experience is going down to like only two shows or something like that per week, like two two nighters, rather than doing it either three or the full week, whatever the case may be. Wow. So I wonder if that's because were people not buying the the full uh, weeks. The price the was insane. Fact that it's outrageous. Yeah. Oh, oh, it, I'm sure it's absolutely insane. There's no way I could ever afford to do something like that. Speaking, of, you know, actually, there's a cruise that I heard that's a three-year cruise for thirty thousand dollars a year, all inclusive, 165 stops and like, or 187 stops in like 65 countries. It's crazy. It's like Does around it the world in Could well, could you? <laughs> but think about it though. Could you live for thirty thousand dollars a year otherwise? Like, I mean, if you if you broke it down, you had nothing else to do. That'd be a great idea, wouldn't it? The problem is, you have to have like a ten thousand dollar deposit, and if you leave, like you can leave and middle cruise, like if you, it's like a year and a half in, and you don't want to be on it anymore, you can leave, but it's not refundable. Just sit there, curled up. I want to <laughs> go home. I don't want to do this anymore. I'm tired of boats. But could you imagine doing something like that? Now, see, I want a Star Wars experience like that. I guess that's more like a story. That would be mission, truly right? immersible until you get stabbed with a fake lightsaber and die. No, nah, it'd have to be a real lightsaber, buddy. I'm not I'm not going out with a fake lightsaber. I'll tell you that. <laughs> well. Right now. Um yeah, I, I gotta imagine though that they had to probably cut it down because of the prices. Uh, I I mean, look at the time we're at in our economy. <laughs> and and people just can't afford to go pay for this kind of stuff, even though they can give people at the Oscars. You know, grab bags that have one hundred twenty-six thousand dollars worth of stuff in them. Let's give those to celebrities because they need it. So, but yeah, yeah, we can't. Uh, I don't. I don't know. I guess I'm, I'm only speaking from my point of view. I suppose I can't afford to go do that. I know a lot of people that can. So maybe that's why they dropped it. Maybe. Maybe. Well, you know, dial it back. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Tighten up. Yeah. Tighten up that belt. <laughs> um. Let's see. <laughs> MCU, you got uh, Burnthal is coming back as Punisher. Cool. We are getting Punisher in the um, Daredevil series. Yeah. We're getting uh, Ritter's coming back as Jessica Jones. I think she was cast for like six episodes or something like that. Um, yeah, I mean, they're. I don't know if you heard, Sarah, that you know Discovery's done after this next season. That was something I was talking about last week. So you not only lose Picard and 
you lose discovery also, but no, I hadn't heard that. Thanks for ruining my night. Appreciate it. Are we <laughs> hey, the Panthers had the number one draft pick. Oh. Make, make you feel better. <laughs> he gets to play a nice guy. I get to play back up. <laughs> I still don't know how I feel about that though, but mm. anyways. <laughs> so is, uh, is Star Trek going through like an, um, regime change kind of type deal? No, uh, we talked about it a little bit last week. I think that discovery fell between the, um, uh, the the reimagination of what they're going to do with Star Trek and where the roadmap is now, and I think Discovery just kind of didn't make the cut. Hmm. So yeah. too far in the future. I mean, it's a good show. I just don't think that it had enough connective. I don't want to say tissue, but you know, like roots and like the what people truly love about Star Trek. You know, we you look at Strange New Worlds brings back that whole entire like original OG. Well, Star it brings Trek that back that episodic feel where it's like, you know, you're kind of jumping. It's not like one continuous mm -hmm. story. And that was kind of like what was so fun about it. Picard is uh, nothing but. Nostalgia? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, just, just playing, playing oh. the game with the best hand ever. So. I'm not even a huge Star Trek fan and I'm loving this. It's just, oh, Picard's amazing. We will talk about yeah. that. Sorry, we're going to. You can, you can go. I, I was going to say, you can pick a do show. you have any more news? Because if not, then we'll just hop right into some television shows. Yeah, TV, 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 TV. Yeah, man. Oh, we're not we muted doing that show. one. We can talk. Well, Ooh. I can unmute. You what can is with these intros? I'm like surprising. Upgrades, upgrades. You know, going into year five, we gotta have some upgrades. Oh man, know? I'm like Miss Week. Name all the Iron Man upgrades <laughs> suit in every movie. <laughs> Um, okay. So yeah, let's talk some TV. Uh, what do we got? We got the shows. Let's start with Bad Batch. Start with the smallest, shortest, and probably of the three, least most least important to the dog. I was going to say least most. Four, five. Least Are we at five? Four. Four, shows, no, four I'm it? sorry. Yeah, it's four. Sarah has a phantom fifth show. What are we watching? No, I was saying hold up because I, oh, uh, I can't <laughs> talk. I, I I can't talk shit about Bad Batch anymore. Oh no. Really, Get it started. I, I can't talk. I, Get it started. I can't. Because really, that was the reason I was late. Sorry, guys, but that was the reason I was late. I, was, I had Before to watch. Before you start, I have to make this a disclaimer. There are four episodes left. There are three weeks. Three weeks. Don't miss out on that third week to watch two episodes. Week is I'm just going to say that now. I feel yes. like I'm going to say it each double week. Episode. Remember that, that you... Greg. Write it down. Y'all <laughs> message me that day it comes out. Be like, both of the episodes. So I should remember. I now... Did you watch both episodes, sir? Yes. That's what I'm saying. Because when I, when I came back. Um, I was supposed to say both. I was like, wait a second. Is it two this week, too? <laughs> yeah, because I, I, I missed the one. I missed the one from last week. So I caught up on that. And then I just watched the one because I tried to watch them both, but I, I fell asleep. I just, I just, I had no more gas in the tank. So I just couldn't do it. Um, pretty much the first of this week, I've just kept been trying to catch up on sleep. It's been insane. I get that. So, yeah, I just, so that one's kind of. This episode is one I've been waiting for. Mm, I've been waiting too. for this one. Me too. Because because go, ahead like, and go ahead and talk about it. Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, you know, I didn't really get to talk about the one from last week. But this one, I mean, it's because, you know, as soon, soon as we saw our boy cross there, I was like, there he is. I'm like, are we, are we going to do something with him now? We're going to do something. But now, like, the whole clone thing, you know, we're... 
oh my god that lieutenant was such a prick but i mean that's kind of like the you know the way the empire is anyways you know they come in thinking oh well you know you're gonna do this i don't care who you are and you're gonna speak to me with respect and i love them you know when um was it mayhem mayhem you know, he was like Mayday, dude yeah, like you you gotta earn respect i'm not just gonna give it to you because you know but like I said, that's that's one the underlying theme I'm like really digging is the fact that these clones are like they're starting to realize, hey, we gave all and you're not giving us shit. I mean, it's you know, but but Crosshair, I I really like that because I'm ready to see some some movement with Crosshair mm-hmm. because you know we, you know we see with everybody else you know they're kind of like they they figured it out. Hey, you gotta you gotta find your own way. But Crosshair, you know, he's still still programmed to where you know you. You know, you do the mission, you know, go through the mission, do as you're told, that kind of thing. But this was kind of like lying in the sand. Right. And like I said, that's what I've been waiting on. Like, like he's definitely had his moment to like uh, pull, like collect his thoughts almost. I mean, it doesn't look like he has very many thoughts, but. But he's he's finally seen it. I mean, he's seeing the same thing that, you know, the other fellows were talking about. It's like, look, dude, I mean, things are changing. It's shifted. I mean, you've got to realize it's not just, you know, taking orders because. You know, literally now, you know, we're kind of become, they're kind of individuals. It's not like a, you know, just like this military group where it's like you just, you know, and, and the fact they're saying that they're expendable, you know, I'm like, ooh, mm-hmm. it's like that kind of cut deep too. Yeah. Just all the, all the way that they're, the ways that they're being treated, seeing, you know, the, to pick up right off the bat at the beginning of this episode where he's just sitting there, you know, toothpicking his teeth. Um, you have the, the, clones that are trying to go after the whoever the commander is that they're following and they're basically like you know what are we supposed to do now you know like are we not going to have any more missions and like they're not even in uniform yeah. like battle uniform they're just in whatever their casual uniform is so like you said though when you see nolan show up like i've been in plenty of experiences when when lts want to come and start flexing their <laughs> their their butter bars or their silver bars and like it's mm-hmm. out of nowhere you're just like slow down there college boy like you just showed up to the party. Like we've all been here for quite a while. Um, I definitely got that vibe sitting there looking at Nolan, but man, did listening to him piss me off to no end. Ooh. I. And then to see like all those helmets of like the past clone, you know, clone um, soldiers, you know, sitting in, it's like, this is their brethren. These are guys that have, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they're not with you anymore. So it's like, you're literally lining up their helmets. It was almost kind of like a, say a monument but like a memorial yeah exactly you know Mm -hmm. and i'm just like damn dude that's gotta cut deep because you know they're brothers well you know we we talked about before how they haven't had an episode crosshair in it except for the first episode of this season so where he's kind of in the Mm -hmm. background and and then we're kind of wondering what's going on with him but they did kind of plant that seed in the first episode with him where it's like well maybe you kind of see what's going on here and for the first time I guess it's kind of like if if you you're you're removed from something you're norm in the life and you finally come back to it and you've seen that holy shit like this is I, I feel like he's about to make that turn again. Remember I told you I felt like he was going to come back and be the guy at the end to save the day, and I feel like this is the moment where you see him start to make that turn because he realizes that they don't give a shit about me, they don't give a damn about me. I am just here, and if something happens to me, no problem. And I love that he pulled the trigger at the end. So fantastic that he pulled. The you can just see it. Like, I, 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 I didn't 
didn't know if he was going to do it. And I was like, ah, let's, let's, let's hope and see. But he finally pulled that trigger. And you don't usually, usually see that in Star Wars, especially in animation. Mm-hmm. And it was very fitting for the moment. Oh, well, and it was it was tasteful because he didn't shoot him in the back. Good point. He made him turn around and he shot him, you know, you can say face to face, but, you know, they were looking at each other. He wasn't going to shoot him in the back, but uh, mm. there's a bunch in this episode that was really cool. Mayday was, you know, it was really cool seeing a different take on like a stranded clone. Um, the planet, I think it was Barton or Barton, Barton something. Um Definitely seemed like you know a very Hoth-esque. Oh, the the ship they flew in on looked like a shuttle Tidarian, and my I was like sitting there thinking, I'm like, it's a shuttle Tridarian. Like it really sucks because it's trying to be a Tidarian, but like it's just really not as cool. They all show up. Nolan's an ass right off the bat to everybody, and like you said, that scene with with Mayday and Nolan definitely set the tone. But man. Yeah. crosshair he turned such a coin like just a, a a flip of the coin the moment that nolan entered the scene yeah it, it's the respect thing mm-hmm. that, that that mayday was talking about like it, it, it's uh it's it's this guy has absolutely no right to tell me like do you know do you know who i am type deal like do, do you realize who you're talking to type yeah. deal and I there's don't. nothing i can do about it because simply because of a stupid rank and mm-hmm. i get it i get it i get a ranking system i get people being in charge and that but i'm telling you and this is from the military point of view as well the people with boots on the ground always have a better perspective of what to do in a, in a situation than a guy who's you know has never been and they even asked him in this episode he's like how many you know, missions of you command are led. And he just didn't answer. He's like, that's what I thought. And, I away. <laughs> and that's exactly right. You can tell this guy was fresh as hell. That's why they put him on uniform duty. Like, yeah, for or- real. And that's the funniest thing about it too. And how, what a slap in the face. Mm-hmm. What a slap in the face to find out this, these, this cargo that you're covering or guarding with your lives, that your friends have lost their lives defending. It's just uniforms that you need and can't use. Yeah. Yep. Like it, it, it's insane. Uh, he shoots at the end, and then next thing you know, like you know, he he passes out after Mayday clearly died on the tarmac. Um, it was interesting when he woke up. Mm-hmm. You you have you have a scene where he's now laying on a on a bed, and you know he's got yeah a nurse there that's basically nursing his ass back to life, trying to say like the doctor will come and talk to you like once you're you're ready for him, and so. Well, number one, all I could think about was there's so many pop culture moments in all the stuff we watched this week that hit me. I want to be sedated was playing in my head as he's sitting there getting like shot up. <laughs> but it led me to to truly think where they're going to go in these last four episodes. And at the end of last episode, we had um, uh, uh, the prime minister telling the doctor about uh, Omega. And mm-hmm. so is I, it could go many different ways. I think Crosshair could either be there if they capture Omega and then be the one that helps save her. It could go in him being used to talk to her, to try to, you know, have a conversation with her, relate, whatever the case may be, or 
It could be them forcing him to go get her. So there's a lot of different directions they could go with this, but it is interesting that they have him in a planet, theoretically, since we don't know exactly where he could fall into any of these roles. Mute. I think it'll go, or at least maybe I want it to, where I want to see Hunter and, and Crosshair like have it out, like fight it out to the end and to the point where Crosshair is just about to kill Hunter. And then there's that realization moment or something happens with the empire where he realizes something's wrong and changes his mind. And well, they kind of have like a little moment yeah. like that this episode because yeah. know, he's just like, yo dude, it's like you, you could have saved this guy. Well, mm-hmm. and that's just like, you're expendable. And he's like, he's expendable mm-hmm. and you are as well. So I'm like that seed is planted. It's been it's been planted. I think it was planted before, mm-hmm. but now I think it's getting a little watered, and maybe we're starting to see some sprouts. Yeah, well, we're definitely seeing the the uh, clone trooper era dissolving quickly, right? Very very quickly, and they're not hiding about hiding anything about it either. They're just you know what was you guys are done. Phrase, <laughs> the phrase that uh, Andor's mom was actually was supposed to say that. Didn't actually say she uh, when she was on that hologram. Fuck the empire. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> mm-hmm. That is the truth. Uh, yeah, Bad Batch is interesting. I'm wondering what we get in the last three episodes or four episodes, three weeks. Uh, I got it there. Um, because I don't know if this story continues after this. Are we getting a completion to this storyline? Is there some kind of closure at the end here? Do they all die? What happens what if they to don't? the Bad Batch? Yeah, well, if they, they don't, they got some explaining to do. If they, if they don't, you know, I would love to hear the explanation. That's what I want. I want to yeah. know. Like, I want them to pop up somewhere. You know, like all of a sudden they're out hanging out, just feeding the space whales, and then next thing you know, like Bad Batch shows up to save Ezra and you know, turns to a the show. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it'd be cool. I guess they have the the ability to do that with this because now they have these characters introduced that you're invested in that mm-hmm. we don't know what their fate is in the universe. We know characters like Rex. Oh, you could you could live. What would be? No, we're not, we want to do it right now, but you can think about. It. We'll talk about it later. What would be your live action casting for the Bad Batch? Ooh, that is good. I would probably ooh. Hmm. I'll have to reconvene on that one. Yeah. <laughs> we might have to reconvene on that one. Yeah. Live action casting for bad. Something bats. to think about. Something to think about. Okay. Definitely. Was there any more bad bats we want to talk about? Mm-hmm. Are we out of this uh, Disney series? Actually, y'all want to stay in Disney and stay in Star Wars and go ahead and knock out Mando? Let's just walk on over to it. Look, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie. Through the first like 10 minutes of this episode, I'm kind of getting like Flash season three vibes where I'm like, okay, where's this show going? I mean, like, cool. He's got to take the bait. He's got to take Grogu here and he goes to the mechanic and he's got a mission. She can't do this. And he's got, I'm like, but what, what, like, what are we really doing here? There were some good action scenes that kind of took me out of that. And I was like, okay, that was pretty cool. But beyond, and I guess when they brought Bo-Katan in, it was a little better. But like, I'm I'm starting to get this kind of vibe with Mando, where maybe they're milking this cow a little too much, because the story's kind of seems is like it's dragging on, or 
I just don't care about certain parts of it because I just don't care to see him flying through space in a shit with Grogu and then landing on the same planet that he has before and talking to the same people with the exact same problems. It's the it's the Barry Allen not being fast enough dilemma again. And I'm not completely there, but I started to kind of get that feel when I started watching this episode. Now, it got better, but I just don't want Mando to go down that path because it just it felt that way. Do y'all kind of get that feeling? Are y'all maybe feeling a little burnout on... Or maybe feel like the story's kind of stretching on a little too long or they're stuffing it in. No. That, huh? You said no? You're loving all of it? Okay. Maybe it's just I'm me. I'm liking the way it's yep. going, honestly. Maybe it's just me. Okay. I, I think I that, look, Mando is walking on the best car heartstrings of my Star Wars love. Um, there is something <laughs> There is something about, look, I, I thought that I was going to be a little burnt out on Mando when this season came back. I truly did. I thought that there was going to be like, now, you know, after watching Andor, like Star Wars could be so many things. Mm-hmm. Last week's episode came on, and I'm like, "Nope, right back <laughs> with him. Love it in it. Yeah. Here to here to play." Um, I, uh, Sarah, did you watch them back to back? No, I actually kept up with those. I actually did watch did you? the other one last week. So, okay. <laughs> I mean, did you did you have a moment where you saw the purgles and were just like, you know, like they're just bringing on bringing in all these little things and you're just like you're really I, I it makes me feel like the most of a kid of any show that we watch right now because it's like i'm sitting there and i'm just getting all these things and like even though grogu is the kid acting like a kid i mean like you had that whole that whole Enzalian thing last week with um with uh what's his name Enzalian explaining mando what's going on like droid no work Joy yeah. needs part. Carl he says Lewis. the joy needs a part. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I, and I didn't get an opportunity to talk about the episode from last last week either. But I'm like, what is up with this armorer lady? She, she is she's she's something else. She's something else. She's just like, oh, you're black and white, black and white, black and white. Well, if I bathe in the living waters, you know, blah blah. She's like, okay, mm-hmm. and that was it. I mean, yep. no, no, like you didn't have to explain yourself. You didn't have something. She's like. All right, you do it. You're good. I mean, that's yeah. and then and, but then it's like I was talking with a buddy of mine about this. It's it's, it's kind of like the the two, um, you know, the I don't want to really say schools of thought, but it's more like religious aspects because you know, like you said, you have the armor, you know, with like you know you you know that particular what it, was it the Night Watch? Is that what they are? Hell, oh, I Death Watch. Death Watch. You know, it's like you don't take off your helmet. You don't do this. You don't do that. You know, and then it's like when you had, you know, met Bo-Katan before, and he's like, oh, you took your helmet off. She's like, yeah, why not? So I'm kind of enjoying the fact of... Sarah, get cramped. What you talking about? (laughs) I mean, seriously, she's like, you know. But but that's what I really liked about this episode is because now you're really exploring, like, the two schools of thought. Because, you know, you started out, you know, he's like, did you take off your helmet? Yes. Oh, you're a Mandalorian no more. Oh, but no, I will go bathe. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh my god. Okay. She wasn't even excited about the the shard that he brought back, and I feel right. like you know that would be something that would that would perk your interest to some degree. To Kevin's point, where you know the the whole direction could be them trying to yeah. unite the cult and the you know the Mandalorian people who don't believe in that shit. Um, I do believe that's what they're going after because what everyone seems to dislike about the Mandalorian is that he is steadfast in this cult belief and like if mm-hmm. if you can't get out of the occult how are you gonna pursue any story and it's like 
we know like that there isn't really an ending to this. Uh, they came out and said it like we're just making a show and just like having fun with it. And that may be why, you know, Greg, that you don't enjoy, you don't feel like it really has a direction because I know that they have a direction each season, but I don't think there's an over encompassing. It doesn't connect thing. very well. Yeah. You're not going to see but stories uh, in uh, later on in the, in the you're watching it build in real time is basically right. what you're doing. Right. And that part I find interesting, but if they really do get him out of the occult mindset and either, bring the rest of them together, you know, help them all understand, like, you don't have to live this way, you know, like the grass actually is greener, maybe not on Mandalore, but on other planets. So there's just so much that there's so much weight that I think that they are trying to put on Din Djarin as a character. But I think now they're in a mindset of using him to do different things. Like, I think there's uh, that pivotal moment. I don't want to jump too fast to the end, but the pivotal moment with Bo picking up the dark saber and just laying waste. Wields so much better than he did. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it shows that, you know, maybe that's not his forte and his forte may be finding the way to bridge the gap between the psychos and the pissed off people. Well, see, and that's the thing about it because, you know, not to, you know, skip forward or whatnot, but it's just like just, watching Bo-Katan because, you know, you first see, and she's just so cynical. She's so jaded. She's like, you know, basically like this is bullshit. You know, we kind of like you walk this path, but I mean, it's, it's not real. I mean, you know, so I'm, I'm not drinking the, it's like I'm being served, but I'm not drinking the Kool-Aid, you know, cause it was just even, you know, when ended up, she's like, Oh, I'll show you where the mines are because, you know, she's like, I grew up here, you know, you know, my family ruled, you know, this kind of thing. You can just tell that she's like, I'm not digging it. She's like, I, I just right. walked the walk, you know, you just had the trappings of it and had like the facade of it, but I, I don't, I don't believe it. I didn't really feel it. And so, you know, and she's like, especially, you know, what, what was it? The pog soup or whatnot. He's like, what is this? She's like, every Mandalorian's like, damn, you grow up this. Oh, you know, I'm just, you know, and I thought it was kind of funny too, because she was like kind of questioning his, um, you know, Mandalorian like street cred. <laughs> yeah. Cause yeah. you know, he's like, you have this on, on this one side, it's like, well, you can't take your helmet off. You know, that is, this is the way, but, and now she's like, dude, you didn't even, everybody grew up. You don't know what chicken noodle stuff. is, man. Like, what right. is this? You don't right. know what it is. It's like okay. top ramen. That's right. So, I mean, that, that's kind of funny too, because you know, it's got t- kind of, it's like, it's almost about to make you question what really, what is the way, you know, when you say this is the way, what really is the way? Mm-hmm. And so, and then when you have, um, you know, Bucketon, she's like, well, I'll take you. He's like, I want to go down to the mines, you know, bathe in the living waters. And she's like, yeah, whatever. Okay. I'll take you down there. I mean, I don't know what the hell is going to happen, but anyways, and as they're going down there, you know, she's kind of telling the story of, you know, basically saying that it's, you know, a fairy tale from a childhood, you know, this is not, you know, even when she read the plaque, it was just kind of like, yeah, haha, yeah, whatever. And though, and then you, <laughs> Then you have Dan over here, and he's like taking it. Brian, we're leaving each other. Like, is he about like sit <laughs> down and just like wear his helmet? I mean, what's going yeah. on here? <laughs> Balls out for Mandalore. <laughs> I know, right? I'm like, that's kind of wild. So, um, but then it's like, you know, he goes in, and homie like sinks like a rock. You're like, holy shit. And I but wasn't why? aware, maybe I wasn't aware that the jetpacks worked underwater. Well, I don't see why they wouldn't, but I don't know. I do well, love the jetpacking in this episode. What what I want to know is why did he sink like that? I think he sunk. I think he was grabbed. 
Right, but then if he was grabbed, then why was there nothing down there? Now, they did pass the eye coming back up, but why would it pull him oh, all the way down nothing. to the bottom? That wasn't nothing, sir. <laughs> oh, I know. I mean, that that was the dinosaur that they had. That's the logo of the of Mandalore, That's right? the mythosaur. The mythosaur, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay, so I, I get that. But, like, why would it pull him all the way down to the bottom and then just leave him there? And then not mess with Bo-Katan while she goes down. Like, there were a couple of questions. Sometimes I, I pick up food to eat later, man. I mean, yeah, like, if I'm I, on the way, okay. if it shows well, up. I did like they, I I noticed that in the last episode, <clears throat> Din Djarin was talking to Grogu about navigating how important it is to, for a Mandalore, mm-hmm. or Mandalorian to be able to know their way around the universe and get around. And then they doubled down on this episode with, this is the, this is where Bo-Katan is. That's where she's from and showing him the map. And I read and I was like, okay, cool. At some point in time, he's going to have to fly to Bo-Katan. Like I read it right away. I was like, okay, I, I get what they're doing here. And at least they set that up. That was pretty cool. But I didn't like how when she, when she finally finds Din Djarin and she's like, she's like, yeah, he, he brought me here. He's stronger than you think. And I'm like, what do you, what do you mean? He's stronger than you think. Like I get, he did the force push to the gorilla looking dude. And that was cool. But beyond that, what is he, what has he really done? Seriously, like they can what steer that little pod, to, though. I tell you, yes, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I was really laughing when he showed back up to uh, to Bo-Katan's palace because I was really getting like Lassie vibes. Like, <laughs> yeah, he's down in the well. <laughs> right. What happened? Where right. is he? I'm gonna send somebody who doesn't talk to go save me. <laughs> yeah. but, I, I do know, feel I like mean, how at the beginning of the episode, Pele was like, "He just said Pele." <laughs> Which, by and the way, let's talk about that scene. I love how she was getting her Ooh. hustle on there. She's basically oh, yeah. telling the guy it's going to take two months to do this. And I guess she's stealing his, stealing all the good parts off his, uh, his mm-hmm. uh, speeder, and then going to replace them with whatever. And that was pretty cool. Paint them that way; they look new. Yeah, <laughs> I like that. She's well, a cool character. R five is back. You know, he, he realizes that you know IG is about about useless. She's like, "Well, I got this one. You go ahead and take it." Which is a huge like downgrade from what he was going for. Which also one thing that bothered me. He gets down to the planet and they realize pretty quickly that there's no like threat as far as toxins or it's breathable air. You're telling me nobody else did that. Nobody else ever went down there and did that well, and realized that, oh, we can breathe down here. I mean, it's quite possible. But what you have to understand is that the the way that they described it is the Mandalorians were a threat. And when they decided to go against the Empire, they made it very, very clear that they were going to wipe them out completely. And so not only did they do it physically by bombing, but they also did it like uh, psychologically by making mm-hmm. everyone think that that planet was, you know, done for. So, okay. And Kevin brings up here, he said, Death Watch beliefs Mandalore is poison, poison with Bo-Katan's belief system. So they were telling the truth from a certain point of view. Well, from a certain <laughs> point of view, I guess. Choose your words wisely. That's right. <laughs> I guess. Uh, that could be it. I don't know. I, like I said, I just I saw that and I was like, wow, it seemed pretty easy that he would. Have... And then he leaves uh, Grogu in the ship and he's like, stay here. You'll be safe. When the whole time he's telling him this place is really dangerous. This place is really dangerous. I've got to go check this out. This place is really dangerous. Stay well, here. He had you'll him be lock safe. himself in this pod in the N1. So, I mean, like it was, I guess you're, you're pretty, pretty well secured there. Yeah, I guess so. But Talk I don't know. The, uh, the, the, the spider Venus flytrap thing. Mm. I mean, yeah. What is this? 
uh, it was I, a little I mechanical eyeball thingy. Oh my god! Yeah. I, was like, I was getting like general vibes. vibes. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. I'm like so, a- like a biomechanical organic mm-hmm. being. Mm-hmm. I mean, just that. like snatched him out of the the ground and just like just. I was like, oh my god! I was like, oh, and then he's trying to take his blood, like I'm assuming, or plasma. I don't know, whatever he's trying to get out of his body, but he's definitely trying to harvest something out of him. So Mm -hmm. it's it's very interesting the take on it. Uh, I I want to find out more about what's going on with Mandalore, especially with the way this episode ends. Mm -hmm. Because I was looking at it when I was going, and I was like, I wonder how much is left. It still has like 11 minutes left, and then the episode ended with like nine and a half minutes left. I was like, wait a second, three minute (laughs) intro. Nine and a half minute credits at the end. And the show is only 47 minutes long. Something, something doesn't add up here. But I don't know. It's weird. I'm, I will say though, like I am, I think that Katie Sackhoff as Bo-Katan looks a lot better. I'm definitely feeling it. I mean, like girl pulls off a sexy Mandalorian, which I mean, Pedro Pascal did too, but. I mean, like out of nowhere, from what you had in animation to what you had in season two to what you have now, I think that that her kicking ass with that dark saber, I'm like, very nice. You, <laughs> and that's what saved this episode. You are really a contender. Fight scenes. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I agree. Because, like I said, I, I felt kind of like the episode was kind of like it was going very slow, and I I was just waiting for something to happen, and I, I was just seeing stuff that I've seen a thousand times in Mandalorian. Uh, and then they had these fight scenes, and uh, they were pretty good. I, I enjoyed them. Even I'm, just, I'm, just, the- I'm just tickled to see her as back as Bo-Katan, period. Oh, because yeah. that's Daniel. just that was that was one thing. Because, like I told you guys before, when um, you know, I had the opportunity to like meet her, you know, speak to her, and I was like, oh my god, I hope Bo-Katan's back for season three. She's like, I hope so too. And she's like, so sweet. I'm just mm-hmm. like, and here she is, like in character, like. This is, you know, it's just, oh my God, it was insane. I loved it. I loved yeah. it. You know who I'm more interested to see, though, as far as a female Mandalorian is Sabine. I want to oh, see yeah. this live action Sabine. It's going to be, oh, it's going to be amazing. I can't wait. What's the girl's name? Uh, I can't remember the name of the actress. Rizzo, playing her. Something, something weird like that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I want to see, I want to see the animated Sabine on screen. Like, I want to mm-hmm. see that, that girl on screen or woman, whatever, you know, age that you're bringing her in. But yeah, it's going to be good. I'm excited for it. That, that's, that's what I'm most excited for with star Wars live action right now is this is Tano series and where they go with this. Cause it could be amazing. And you know what? I mean, why couldn't they bring a live action bad batch into the Tano series? How, how nuts would that be? How that's what I'm saying. nuts would that be? Pick your cast. Yeah. Yeah. I got to sit down and think about it. A few names came to mind, but like it's immediately you just can cast a guy who is a wrecker. You're just looking for a big bald guy. You know, I mean, there's a bunch of them. Mm-hmm. So. I think it's like just find some like some no name folks. That's what I'm. That's what I'm talking about. I mean, it's. I, I don't. I don't want like a recognizable. I don't want a recognizable face. I'm like grab some. Just. I don't know. There's gotta be Fucking. Some, like, Shave, shave Gronk's head and put him in that role. There you go. There you go. Right there. there. It's not a bad. There idea. you go. Not a bad there idea. Right. He's like, oh, I want USAA, but they wouldn't give it to me. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, all right. Was there any more Mandalorian we want to talk? I mean, uh, it's, it's. I want to know about the Mythosaur. I want to mm-hmm. see it again. They better not tease me and leave me leave me without anything. I need it. 
let's see what happens with it. Well, we got to assume that either Bo-Katan or Din Djarin or a combination of both is going to end up killing this thing, right? I mean, look, we're looking for reasons why she's going to get the Mandalorian or all the people to follow her again. One's going to be the Darksaber and two is probably going to be that. Well, and that's the thing about it too, because if you're, at, you know, like with the, I guess the history of Mandalore or whatnot, because, you know, Mandalore, he, he was like, he tamed the Mythosaur. So, I mean, that's it's what I'm like. Saying. Din Djarin's going to Boba Fett that fucker and he's going to get on it and ride. <laughs> he's he's going to do it, man. He's going to be like, here, take take the dark saber, Bo. Like, I got a Mythosaur. That'd be like, pretty cool. Game on. That'd be pretty cool. <laughs> we'll see what happens. I don't know. That's all good theories, and yeah, I do think we're going to get a lot more Mandalorian uh, stuff in this series coming up soon. I want to see Grogu in his little Mandalorian armor. That's what I want to see. And what about Grogu's little ears kept flopping in the wind? I was like, Mm -hmm. oh my (laughs) god. And he was getting a little testy, too. I was like, oh, I mean, like, you're still a baby, aren't you? He's like, you're still a baby. You're too young to be, like, in that teenage stage now, because, I mean... I don't know. I mean, he was 50, so, I mean, now he's got to be... I don't that's know, dude. That's kind of what I'm thinking. And I'm like, I'm getting kind of tired of the baby talk, to be truly yeah. honest with you, the cuckoo. And like, I'd rather just him either talk or not make a sound. Like, I'm tired of the infant sounds. Like, yeah. he's not an infant. He's 50 years old. And I don't know how his years last in his age, but 50 years has got to be older than infant. Is, is my only mindset. I, I don't know, though. What's the ratio? Say nine. He said, uh, so Kev asked, is the Mythosaur in the holiday special cartoon? I don't know. Yes. It is? Okay. As the only other true appearance of the Mythosaur. Well, I'm sure we're going to see it on screen. It'll be well, pretty we good. Did, but well, we have. More of it. <laughs> well, see, yeah, we saw a little I know, bit. I'm sitting there just like, I'm like, because then, he, you know, I saw the eye, then I saw the tusk. saw the tusk, yeah. I was like, yeah, it's like one of those moments you're like, oh shit, there it is. <laughs> you're actually seeing it. So I didn't know that the Mythosaur was an underwater creature, or at least could be underwater. But apparently it can. <laughs> Mythosaur can do whatever Mythosaur wants it to do. Yeah. Mythosaur. Right. There's no rules for Mythosaur, <laughs> damn it. Do whatever the hell we want to. Uh, all right, well, anything else? Switch gears, man. Let's Find a new universe gears. to get into. Let's do it. Cross this one, cross this one. Oh boy. We're coming up on card here. I would say Last of Us for Last because it just seems fitting. You know, it's a little on the nose, but it seems fitting. Uh, Picard. Sarah, this show is the best show I'm watching on TV right now, to be truly honest with you. Dude, it, it, this does not even feel like a show. To me, it feels like a movie because I don't know. It's just the yeah. way they're shooting it because it's just, it almost, it's like the next generation movies. Like, um, you know, like you're watching First Contact because, you know, when that one opens up, it's just like, it's just that feel of like you're already, it doesn't feel like a show. I mean, it, it doesn't. The only time it feels like a show is when they have those cutscenes or, you know, it just kind of fades to black and pops into, you know, like where you were insert commercial here. But I don't know. It's just, I'm loving the way it's being shot. It's, mm-hmm. oh my God. It's just, shooting wise, yes. I did not like last week's episode. Let me let me say what I did not like about it was the fact they did a damn good job telling a story that angered me. And yeah. that's why I didn't like it. Because I don't want to see Riker and Picard going at each other. And that's they were definitely he was telling a good story. Or Frakes was directing a good story. You know, this was like a definitely a two-parter, or so it felt. So Last week's episode really pissed me off. And when I got done watching it, I'm like, I don't know if I like this. 
Like, <laughs> I don't feel comfortable. I don't like what I'm feeling right now. I'm not happy. And then this week they definitely flipped it back over. And I'm like, I get the two parter, man, you guys are really playing with played it fast and loose with the way I feel about Star Trek. Well, that's what they want to do to you though. Right. Yeah. They, they yeah, want to they make do. you feel it. They, 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 they wrenched your guts all week long being pissed off about this. And then, mm-hmm. uh, well, that's, that's the kind of way, that's kind of the way they roll too, because you think about everything, you know, you got to have that, um, I guess that battle of wheels, so to speak. So, I mean, because, you know, it's just, I think the only thing I don't like about Picard in this entire series, I guess it's just the fact of the age of Picard, because it's like, you know, in some scenes it's, it, he just sounds like this old, you know, this older tired man, you know, like, and then in the other, he's like his, you know, the normal Picard, you know, the self-confident one that, you know, we know he's, Mm-hmm. But I, I I get it. I mean, it's like, you know, the age is really showing, you know, and like all the, you know, everything that's happened in this, that, and other. And I'm thinking, shit, you're in a new freaking body, too, dude. You're not even in a human body. You know, a human body is like, why are you acting so damn old? Like, right. oh, I'm falling apart, you know, that kind of shit. So I, I don't know. I guess just like some of the, you know, just kind of go. I didn't really, ha- I didn't really like hate that. The fact that, you know, Will was kind of like, Dude, you know, you're like, you basically like condemned us to die, you know, that kind of thing. I'm like, dude, how many situations have y'all been in like this? I mean, seriously. Right. You know, it's just like even the name of this episode is, you know, um, oh, God, now I can't even think of the name this of the damn episode. No yeah. So, I mean, it's 17 seconds was the last one, the whole thing. And like, it, Will was definitely affected by, uh, you know, what they were showing with, you know, the loss of his son. And so yeah. I get that. And like, I definitely understand the direction that they were going with it. I was just really pissed off about it. But see, that's this, but that means it's good because it's like invoking yeah, yeah. that feeling. So you're yeah. just like, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, if you can't get that out of a show, they're not doing a good job. You want it. You want those tearjerker moments. You want to be scared at jump scares. You want to like feel pissed off when, when a character makes a decision. And what's Star that's, Trek? That's if you're not in these, you know, like I said, these no-win situations. How many no-win mm-hmm. situations have they been in? Yeah. And then somehow they eat their way out of it. Yeah. The, the the way that they drew um, the correlation of the storytelling present versus past was really well done. Um, yeah. The whole uh, original Jack Crusher shuttle story, you know, like for first off, the whole point of this episode is that they're trying to, to get everyone to group and to reconvene as like the uh, the core group to come up with a plan to figure out how to move on because mm-hmm. the technology from last episode was fantastic. You know, the mm-hmm. portals, the, the idea that all this stuff exists that they didn't know about. Of course, they always have to bring that in. This something that Star Trek does very well, which is introduce new technology in a manner that really provokes good storytelling. So when they go, which I was already in the mindset of like, how is the holodeck working if they cut off everything and they explained it? And I'm like, thank you for explaining that because I'm about to go ape shit on you. Why? But they're like, no, it does that. You know, it's like to keep people sane and in bad moments. And I'm like, touche. So question, was that scene where Picard is eating lunch and all the crowd is around him asking him story? Is that in the holodeck? Is that, no, no that was a flashback. That, flash that was like back. from the five okay. years before. Prior. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
Okay. Um, I wasn't sure if that was the, what was going on in that moment. Cause I know that's kind of what that was supposed to be for is to give them kind of a sense of normalcy in a moment where maybe they don't have any. That, that was him. And that was the whole thing is that they, they told it in bits and pieces because, uh, you know, the beginning was start to tell stories about, you know, how, your, your moments that you've prevailed because right. it's all about how do you prevail? How do you prevail? How do you prevail in a no one scenario? So it kept talking about his no one scenario when him and Jack were in the shuttle and they were trying to figure out how to get from their booty call back, back home. And <laughs> all that they knew to do was to use their brains and the best, every last little bit of knowledge that they had to push forward. So he gets to tell that story. You know, he's trying to tell it to Jack Jr. And it comes off as very endearing. You know, they're they're sharing my whiskey of choice. They're sitting down, having a real like a possum moment. And then Shaw comes in like, oh, my God, that was an intense scene. But it was a good scene, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That that little bit of that speech that he gave we call it a speech because it was definitely a monologue mm-hmm. was like gut-wrenching like you mm-hmm. did i didn't expect it to be what was going to happen and then it happened i'm like oh yeah and, and plus anytime man. you invoke the name lacutus that that just you know picard just like okay i, I can't yep. say it I, I mm-hmm. have nothing to say i have i have nothing to say but it was it, really interesting that was the the one time that when Shaw had like come across Picard, because that's that was really that was a tough moment, right? And I, I go ahead. I was just saying, if we're talking about Shaw, I love the moment with Shaw later whenever he's doing the little doodad and fixing the stuff, and you actually see them kill the changeling. I love this relationship with him and Seven, mm-hmm. um, you know, and they've. But now you understand it so much more. They've come to a kind of an understanding with each other. Exactly. And, and you do understand it a whole lot more. And I love how they even set the seed of, you know, how to identify a changeling. And he's like, you ask mm-hmm. a question that somebody should, that, you know, that is common knowledge, but is specific enough that a person, only, you know, only you'd know would say that. And that's how they catch this one. And this, it's, you know, it going in, but you're wondering how they're going to do it, how they're going to figure it out. And, uh, and I, I enjoyed that quite a bit, the relationship there. You you get the you get the seeds right off the bat with um, uh, seven opening up the door to Picard and Riker in the first episode, and it's like you know he he doesn't want, he wants he prefers Hanson like don't call me seven, and so you start to try to figure out like what's this dude's problem or like you know like like I said he he came off as like a you know very douchey captain right off the bat, and then the more you get to figure out about him you know like that moment where he had that that monologue in that in that uh forward bar you're you're just sitting there and you're like i understand like mm-hmm. if now i understand why he don't want to call her seven yeah and but you see when it comes full circle that you know because not only did he not want to call her seven he chose her like mm-hmm. to be his next in command so yeah. you get you you get the the two sides to that story, one of which is like, I don't trust you, but two is like, but I trust you. Right. It got really weird with, you know, them trying to uh, figure out how to catch the changeling. And I liked how they were kind of both on the same page. Once he was kind of able to like stop being a bitch, bitch and actually listen to her. I love that little fact that he, what was he saying about, um, 
I think you're a fantastic first officer and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, uh, she's like, oh, yeah, that's you lying. Okay. Like now I understand, <laughs> you know? Right. Um, I definitely knew that when then she made the call to Riker that they were hatching something. And I mean, uh, that little bit of trying to figure out, which she's like, I'll be right back. I'm like, interchangeling. Like that's, mm-hmm. if she leaves a line of sight, because that's what, what my mentality would be. If you leave my line of sight, I will no longer trust you when you come back mm-hmm. because that's the kind of mentality that the changeling brings into it, mm-hmm. which like, look at what they're doing with changelings and Picard, you know, I mean, like we've come a long way from mm-hmm. deep space and every other iteration that we've had. So I'm quite yeah. happy with it. Graphics catch up, you know, computer technology catches up. So story, I think, good storytelling helps with that. Yeah, probably has a lot to do with it. But um, I'm trying to think. Uh, let's see, the, the way they jumpstart the ship in this episode is pretty cool. So l- let me ask, there's the scene where, I, so I guess the, the captain of the Shriek or Shrike or whatever it is mm-hmm. is a changeling, as we see in this, this episode. She kind of cuts her hand off or melts her hand in that little pot. And I guess Snoke comes up and tells her what to do, which is crazy. They're crossing over genres that way, but Hey, if they want to put Snoke in there, I don't care. Um, and he wants to keep Crusher alive. So this lets you know that like, this is a lot bigger than we oh, think yeah, it of is course. right now. It's a lot, or at least a lot bigger than they've made it out to be. There's something about Picard's son. That is a big, big deal because they want to keep him alive. And this, because otherwise they were going to let them die, right? That was the whole idea was just let them die. Yep. Hmm. Interesting. I want to see. Well, because she, because um, Vedic didn't want to take the her ship into the that nebula because of all the you know the hardware and whatnot she was carrying, especially yeah. because they jet, did they jettison the the portal thing? You saw something fly off the ship before they went back into the nebula. This was after she got her little dressing down. I don't know. Something popped out. I didn't see it if they did. Yeah, I don't know. She told told, like who her whatever they said. It's like to um, eject something, and I don't know if it was that because it was saying something about with the um, I don't know the anti anti gravity thing or whatnot because if they went into the nebula with all the things that was going on, it was going to damage their ship. Even though Riker threw an asteroid at them, but right. I think that was also uh, a, was it a story? Was it a next generation story? Not just on Voyager. I think it was somewhere else too. I couldn't tell you that. was asking. Yeah, I couldn't tell um, I was talking about the Herogen. Yeah, usually the yeah. Herogen, that was, they were um, like the hunters or whatnot. And they were, I think it was yeah. Voyager. Because I know but that was when they were on screen. I think what there was, I think there was uh, other. Oh, I can't pull up any names of it, but I think that was definitely in like a canon story, next generation wise with Picard. Mm-hmm. But it was funny. He was telling the story about um, oh god, what was the oh I can't remember the species now, but you know he was stuck on the planet and they speaking metaphors in order to understand each other. Yeah. I thought that was hilarious too. Yeah. And did you catch where um, and especially talking about the nebula too? Remember the. Um, Beverly was like far point. Yep. Like, but oh. you know, the, 
the uh, well, I'll get to that one in a second. Um, the the ending that you're just talking about, where he throws the meteor, uh, it was very much a like Riker move to like, haha, bitch, you know, like you gonna throw like, a ship just, at us? I'm gonna throw yeah. some shit back at you, right? Um, <laughs> however, I did like when the Expanse did it better. I'm just gonna say that. <laughs> um, the all right, so so Beverly's role in this episode totally made me feel like she was Jeff Goldblum out of Independence Day. Um, you know, where she's doing the countdown thing and she's just like, here comes another one, you know, like Jeff Goldblum's doing the whole like countdown in Independence Day and he's trying to figure out, you know, they're sending a signal. And she's like, it's sending a signal. But then she figures out like it's all birth related and contractions. And like not to get to the end surprise, but these little like once again, Independence Day style jellyfish aliens, little jellyfish. like little little Yoda space jellyfish, is what they look like. And I was, I find the premise remarkable that someone could could take an idea like that and really flesh it out. I mean, like they're they're using science and like laws of deduction to really help this thing go forward. So I was truly surprised that it, it worked, but it was so weird. So weird. <laughs> the fact that it was like bioluminescent jellyfish made sense with like the whole space is a vacuum, the things that we know about earth that, you know, exist in like vacuum style, deep sea stuff. Like, it was, it made sense, like, as I'm watching it from what I know, but it's just really, really weird. Yeah. That's really good. I mean, but it does drive the point. Space home. jellyfish are always weird. But it does, like <laughs> I said, it does kind of drive the point home because, you know, it was, you know, it's darkest before dawn. You know, they were like in a bleak mm-hmm. situation. I mean, literally, they were facing death because, I mean, everything, every system was shutting down. Anything they did, it was, you know, it's, it's kind of weird thinking about, you know, you have a, a ship, a starship in space that's literally sinking. And that's what's so crazy about it. I mean, it's, um, and then to figure out, because as soon as Picard told that story with Crusher, I was like, that's how they will get out of it. That's how they're going to get out of this. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, something basically along the same lines. Um, but yeah, it was, I don't know. There was, there's just so much going on, especially like with Picard and, you know, Crusher or Jack and all this kind of stuff. And I'm just like, where is this going to go? I mean, and then like the very end, pretty much the very end scene, you know, where, you know, they're back in the bar or back in the the pub or whatnot. And, you know, you have these. It wasn't the very end, but yes. Yeah. But I mean, you know, that was something where I I think it finally clicked, you know, because there's a lot of things I'm sure that Picard's probably going to realize, you know, over the years, it's like, you know, things that have happened prior and, now everything's kind of coming full circle. So, you know, then you have this kid, you know, asking if, um, you know, do you have any other, fa- you know, do you have a family? I and, mean, you know, you have your career, you have this. And he's like, well, you know, Starfleet's the only, you know, family. But in, t- in his defense, he, he didn't, didn't know, know about yeah, it. Yeah, right. I mean, how can you say, oh, yeah, well, I have, you know, this, fa-. dude, you got this son out here. It's like, you have no idea, know nothing about him. And, you know, you know, you're thinking, you know, because Picard does ask, he's like, why didn't you want to know anything about me? Why didn't you find me? Mm-hmm. And then come to find out, it's like, well, you know, he was there, asked the question, but 
it's kind of like a loaded question. You didn't really. Mm-hmm. So it's like, if you had a kid and you didn't know about it, what would you think about it? Right. Yeah, exactly. It's like, you know, it's probably something you never really thought about, which I mean, granted, Picard does, you know, he did have his brother and his nephew and all this kind of stuff. But I mean, you know, he never really had the best family life. So. Yeah, and then you have the very, very end scene of basically Jack being what's his nuts from Stranger Things, you know? Uh, <laughs> all of a sudden, like, he's seeing shit and, like, his vision's going crazy and, like, it's just weird, you know? So I want to know where that's going. Yeah. Greg, Stranger Things is a show on Netflix. Uh, <laughs> I haven't heard of it. Like, is it popular? Mm, it's a little bit. Uh, yeah, I'm interested to see what's going on with this Jack story, too, because, like I said, I, there, there's something something bigger with him. Yeah. And I, I can't for the life of me think of what it might be. Cause I'm not as deep into this universe as it, but even if you are, you basically don't know what it is. It's just, I just want to see more of the story and find out what's going on with him. But this show for me is the most exciting show that I'm watching all week, even better than last of us to be truly honest with you. Even though this week's last of us was pretty damn good. I'm not gonna lie. We're gonna talk about that in a minute, but um, I like the last of us. I think Picard is on a different level because it's their final like number one, they're putting the money into the sci-fi technology, right. visual cinematography. Like they're putting the money into that. And number two, they, they have a, a catalog of new and old actors and actresses that are making it fantastic. And so you definitely get that nostalgia bone just going. Mm-hmm. But Last of Us is it, Last of Us is different. Like it's it's good. I mean, like. There are very few shows out there that make you feel like you have a deep connection to a character in one episode. Hmm. Like from beginning to end of each of these episodes, I feel like you've learned and they have earned that. So jumping into The Last of Us. I would say perfect segue. Let's <laughs> go ahead and talk about it. Yeah. Uh, if you are finished with the card. I wasn't trying to to build a bridge there, but it was just uh, happened to work out perfect. Hey, walk on if it exists. Let's do it. Um, <laughs> now, I'm loving Last of Us. I love the show. I think that the, the, the every week this show gets just a little bit stronger. I, I like the episode a little more than the week before. And maybe it's just recency. I'm sure if I go back and stream this whole thing, I would realize that every episode's really fantastic. But they're doing a great job with this show. And it's nuts to think that two shows that are like mainstream shows in my life right now, both have the same main character. Like the lead actor is the same guy. Kind of. Yeah. I'm a, like I said, like I told Weird. you before, it's like when, you know, in the first episode of the last of us, I was like, Oh my God, it's that's Dan. That's Dan mm-hmm. Jordan. It's hard. And it to, took a minute to kind of like separate the two. And now same as it goes, you know, when you finally see Dan after how so long, I'm like, there's Joe. <laughs> mm-hmm. Did you recognize yeah. me from my mustache? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was waiting uh, for him to say, put a pin in it. Yeah. Well, well let's get into it. Uh, what'd y'all think? Uh, I know, Sarah, we didn't get your thoughts on last week's episode. That was the episode where we actually get to see Ellie get bit. You get the mall scene. Is there anything you want to bring up about that that you liked a whole lot uh, before we get into this that, week? That was kind of cool because I liked seeing... Because throughout this, I really didn't have a connection with Ellie. You know, I was just like, oh my gosh, she's like this little punk kid. I mean, you know, she's like this this little girl trying to you know, be big, bad, and t- you know, tough and all this kind of whatnot. But I'm, I'm glad you had that episode to give her backstory to kind of give a little more meat to it. Now, this, pe- this past episode, this was been one of my favorite ones. This was an episode I feel like we needed. 
because it wasn't just it wasn't just a relationship with Ellie and Joel. It was the fact of they finally talked or introduced something where I'm like, is this happening or not? You know, I won't dive too deep into it, but you know, it's just kind of like, you know, you have all these different little colonies and everything. And you're like, how desperate are these people really getting? How bad is it really getting? Because right. it's Ellie's first experience into a nasty world. Yeah. And I don't, I don't mean from like the, 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 the one big thing in the episode, but I mean, like well, I'm just saying it, just it David himself, is. because you yeah. have people out there and it's like, you know, it, it seems like they're, they're these good people. It seems like they're doing, but it's just, you know, there's a darkness in this world. And I mean, a it's a couple more, in the long cabin. <laughs> it's not all the couple in the long cabin. He's going to hold you at gunpoint. Where are we? How do we get to Colorado? Just tell him I already told him the truth. <laughs> the, the, the Indian couple that uh, I love that couple, yeah. and they were only on screen for like five minutes. I know, and she's just like, "Is I remember?" He's like, "What?" She's like, "I'm just, I'm just here." It's like, if you ain't gonna shoot me, you ain't gonna shoot me now, <laughs> right? But I mean, it's. But I'm, I'm glad to see that Ellie does. You know, she's. I hate, I hate to see that she has to grow up so fast. But, you know, now I just feel like after this, I think that last grasp of, you know, the, the childhood, the naivety, and that it's gone. Mm-hmm. It's gone. She She's finally seen, like, this is this is some heavy bullshit here. And it's just, you know, it, it, it got real. It got real, real fast. Um, mm-hmm. And the fact that, you know, and even with her relationship with Joel, you know, the way that, that evolved, you know, it's, it's you know, they're, family now you you feel that i mean it's, especially at the very end i mean you know you can because joel finally like oh you yeah know, but dude come up papa bear hardcore i mean you know he's like a <laughs> yeah. few shots of penicillin he's like i'm where's my where's my girl at because i'm about to just take this apart piece by piece but well, when popping kneecaps oh god <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah look ellie it's has like ellie has that trait about her throughout the series so far where it's like teetering on Omega. It's like, do I want to really like this character or she's going to be the annoying problem every episode? And the last two episodes have really built this character up to mm-hmm. a point where okay, I really like this character. Like, she's she's got her edge now. Like you said, Ross, she's seeing what the real world is like. What a world would be like without some kind of structured government. And I'm not saying that government's great because yeah, yeah, I'm not even getting on that. Like, but but it does show how it takes like once you can build past like community into into a larger establishment, things can can get easier and more difficult. Just the different well, things. Yeah. In a matter of weeks, when you met her at the beginning of this show, she was bitten for like two weeks or something like that, right? So when she was being held by whatever the woman's name was, I can't remember. Um, the when she was, yeah. yeah. When she was being held and told that, you know, like that she needs to be taken to X, Y, Z to get to the place to do the thing. That had only been a matter of weeks after uh, the, the mall scene. And so when you do that flashback, you start piecing it together. You're like, you know, they've only been together for like a couple months mm-hmm. for whatever the, the, the cost of time is to travel the distance they've traveled is how long they've been together. Right. And you know, that first episode where they get outside of the QZ and, you know, she's sitting there and she's all like, like hyped, like, you know, we, Joel's beating the crap out of this dude. And you're looking at her like, she's some crazy psycho teenager. 
but you understand the violence that's in her. And I love how in this episode, they did a good job of pointing that out because mm-hmm. it's apparent, but she's also a teenager with like growing up in a world where, you know, we, we normalize the way that teenagers act, which is not normal. We mm-hmm. experience things differently than what could happen in like a, post-apocalyptic style world, you know, where you're growing Mm -hmm. up and people are doing weird shit. But it shows the humanity in her that she's actually trying to connect to Joel. Two episodes have gone by since Joel got stabbed. And now they're in a scene to where, you know, it starts off in this one where she's trying to find food because she knows that there's like, she's doing all the heavy lifting, finding the water, you know, like letting the snow melt, taking care of the horse, trying to find something. She goes out hunting. She runs into teacher turned preacher. And now they have this conundrum that they're facing with each other. She's running into other people by herself. Right. She has to be an adult kind of like for mm-hmm. the first time. So, and for the most part, she does a pretty good job. I mean, she gets got, but I mean, she is a kid and you know, she was outnumbered, but she's doing a pretty good job of doing what she needed to do to protect herself and, 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 yeah. and take care of things. So I, I was pretty impressed with it. She knew that, like they said, she couldn't drag that deer back. Well, I'll trade you half the deer for this penicillin. She keeps him at gunpoint and she does a good job with that. And honestly in this episode and until like towards the very end, I didn't get a lot of, I didn't get a lot of vibes that the guy who was the preacher turned teacher was a bad guy. Dude, I I, th- I thought that maybe like the people that were in his group were bad, and he might be a good guy. Then like towards the end, I'm like, okay, this is starting to turn real quick. Like that, that's that why I made coming that comment. Yeah. In, in one episode of this show, puts you on a path with a character or multiple characters in one episode, and it makes you feel multiple things for that character. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that that he was a good character that you should feel good things for. Him. I'm saying that they evolved his story rapidly. In yeah. one episode. Yeah. And I definitely got bad vibes right off the bat, you know, as a, as a preacher, you know, desperation and whatever else that he's showing, you know, because I, one of my main qualms with the idea of religion as a premise is like, you know, it always seems in, in the bleak moments where people are trying to find something better to think about and believe in. And mm-hmm. whereas, you know, it's a lifestyle. So they did it in this episode where they, they'd had that bleak moment and you have the preacher who's trying to tell them like things are going to be okay. But like, it's a desolate hoth world out there, you know, like there's, there's not a whole lot going on out there in the snow. So Mm -hmm. it was interesting to see how you could tell that there was something weird. The moment he started talking to James outside, Mm Mm-hmm where he felt like he needed to ask the question, like, are you still with me? Because that's where the desperation sunk in. That's mm-hmm. where you started to tell. Mm-hmm. I do love the connection in this one too, where, you know, we have the last episode where we mm-hmm. see Joel get stabbed and we learn that that's the father of this girl in this episode that they're talking about is actually the one who was the one Joel killed. It's a crazy connection. I didn't see it coming. <laughs> so it really surprised yeah. me, but it was a great turning point at that moment because that's the moment where Ellie realizes, oh shit. Mm-hmm. Like, oh shit. Like I'm screwed. And that, I guess that was kind of the turning point for her. Uh, she does a great job acting in this episode. Mm-hmm. 
just a fantastic job acting. Like I, I hate to put up, but like th- there's the moment where the preacher is, you know, I guess it, he's, he's going to rape her, I guess is the deal, which is terrible. And I hate to see it, but just like her acting job of somebody being scared in that moment was well the, the breakdown scenes up, up until that where she's standing on her ground you know and yeah breaks his finger it's like you know tell them my name's ellie you know <laughs> like like, little girl brush your finger yeah. <laughs> you know. yeah she just did a great job like i said the, the 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 actor that actress or actor has really really stepped it up for me i liked her before because just from game of thrones and just what she's done in the series before but man she is crushing it the last couple episodes oh, so as cool far as too. making me feel more for this character at least well the cool thing about this too is like you know you're actually bringing in the voice characters yes because the guy that James. got the player in the neck that that's joel in the game that's the voice oh, of joel okay. in the game. i didn't know that okay that's cool so i mean it's cool God, how they cleaver in the neck can we even talk about that <laughs> i mean like she didn't care she was like nope <laughs> at, least you're dead. at least that was fast joel stabbed that one guy like right underneath right in the jugular oh. right underneath and just watched him choke to death on his blood and then oh boy with a kneecap too like my goodness gracious yeah. and the other and Sarah, fella got the right pipe in the face first. he's like the I, I won't, that- i'm not telling you anything so like, you don't need to bap <laughs> Dark Joel came out in such a big way, like you were talking about at the beginning of this episode, or us talking about it. I mean, like in a way that I, it's like he flipped the switch. He heard that guy up there. You know, yeah. he's like, "Oh, I gotta wake up," and he just like, it was just like automatic. He just went like he, on. He went. He went in the dad mode on like the nth level. Like the the shit oh, yeah. was ridiculous. He did. He did not care, and I loved because. I have always thought that I would not hesitate to lean niece and the shit out of somebody, you know, in, in the event that, you know, something like that were happening. And for him to have that, that Liam Neeson moment for himself where it's like, <laughs> we're going to find out what you know, and we're going to do everything that my little dirty ass mind can think of. And he's to still hurt you. injured. He's not a hundred percent. And that's what's so scary about it. It's like, you know, you're talking about an injured animal. He hadn't eaten any water. Let me tell you something as a father of two daughters. I, I feel like there's no, almost absolutely nothing that could stop me if I felt like I had to protect my daughter's life. I, re- I really don't like I've never been in that situation, but I feel like you would have to literally kill me. There's nothing you can do to stop me from doing everything mm-hmm. I can to save her. And you know, that's when you get that baby girl moment there at the end, which whew, you're yeah, right, that, man. That's that a, just, oh, yeah, <laughs> that's hard a little bit right there. Oh, but it, it it went from the first episode to where it's like she's she's feeding off of his anger and violence, and she doesn't even know him, and she doesn't he doesn't even know her. To now to where they are, you know, separated father daughter that are going to like traverse this world in in its entirety. Um, Kevin said earlier about how the um second season was also going to be part of the first game. I didn't think that they were going to tell the first season or first game in its entirety in the first season, because that seemed like a really bad marketing idea. Right. Why not stretch it out? Um, so I'm very interested as a non game player to see where this goes and to know that, we're not going to have a stopping point. I love that people know what happens in the game. 
but I also love not knowing what happens in the game. Right. I like how they're, you know, people, it's just like when people read the books about something else that's out there and things don't happen the same exact way from everything that I know and have heard, they have paid very good homage to the key points of the game itself. You know, um, the episode before last about Joel and Ellie having that tear down dialogue in the room before he's like, you know, I'm going to send you away with Tommy and you're going to do what I say. Mm -hmm. And they just basically had that fight. You know, that that was like a a big moment in the game. I'm interested to see how far this is going to go in its entirety, like as a series, but I really wanted to keep going. Like I, I love all the little bits. I love seeing Pedro Pascal going, you know, full dad mode. I love seeing Ellie being like, Oh shit. Like I am a kid. And like, now I have to learn a whole lot. Yeah. And cannibalism. We haven't even talked about cannibalism. I was just about to bring Kevin that up. Brought it the up biggest thing. Yeah, man. You know, and I didn't even think about what Kevin brought up. Was he like, he's like a yeah, dude fed her dad to her in that soup. I didn't even think about that at the moment. Oh yeah. The cannibalism thing didn't even hit me until the I end. I thought he was like, the only one that was dead until I saw the other bodies. Yeah. That's crazy. I mean, that's absolutely crazy. So feeding it shows dead the people. desperation. Mm-hmm. Well, see, and that's what I'm saying too. That's that's something where I'm like, I was waiting to to see something, you know, along those lines because, you know, talking about oh, it's, it's deer meat, and of course, you know, then of course, killed the horse, they took the horse, and then you I see you're like deer meat. Mm, <laughs> yeah, and then it's like, oh, there's an ear on the floor. Oh God, what? Mm-hmm. Ah, <laughs> you know. I don't think I really needed to see the additional hanging up in the the, the meat yeah. locker. I'm like, I, I think I connect, connected the dots very well on that one, but yeah. so the fact and, that the butcher block was a like like a, a rectangle butcher block and not like a square a one. Table I'm like, almost. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> it even looked like, like a curve on it. <laughs> so they must have been far away from whatever city they were staying in because that place burned to the ground and there was nobody else out there. Well, they said the place was a resort. Mm-hmm. And that they went there because the resort has plenty of things for like all sorts of people, right? Um, it definitely seemed like the the place that they were using was a common gather area of the resort. Okay. Like if you'd have people come, like a like a bed and breakfast, like here's where the breakfast is served. Oh, you talking I about mean, like what, that was the steakhouse, wasn't it? I don't know steakhouse. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Because they had, like, it was like Todd's Steakhouse or something. <laughs> so it's like I remember seeing it because it's like oh, when, I wasn't even paying attention to the sign. Because when um, I guess he was, I was too busy Ellie. thinking he was Janos from Ghostbusters Two. I'm like he's trying to talk her into like joining <laughs> his side and like come with me, you know? Like I know, and know. then he like touched her hand before she broke his fingers. I was like, oh, gross! Ooh, no, no, yep. thank you, no, thank you, no, thank you. So, yeah. I'll tell you something. Ellie disappointed me though with how well she did in this entire episode with fighting back and, and, and surviving and everything. There's the one moment where she grabs that uh that flame that stick out of the fire that's like oh, at the yeah. end. The ember. Yeah, and then she throws it at him. It's like, why'd you throw it at him? Why don't you wait till he comes right up beside the thing? Burn that shit the exactly <laughs> what happened. And more importantly, if you're gonna he sneak up behind away. somebody and try to stab him, you don't start yelling ah when you come up behind him. You stay silent. I don't know where well, you are in your kid. war cry, but that's what you're supposed <laughs> right. to do. Like it's so funny when I, when I see that when people are like ah, I'm like you're not supposed to let them know you're back there. Let me hear your war cry. Yeah. 
but I guess it, it makes it more dramatic, I suppose. I loved, uh, I loved how he went from the moment of trying to bring her in as his would be partner or successor or whatever he was trying to talk her into partner to getting his, to getting his finger broken to calling her a little cunt. I'm like, that is so godlike. Like Mm. you preach it, preacher. Like you, Mm -hmm. you know, the way of the book and the, like the good word and to, to see, like you said in the beginning, how you see him progress Mm -hmm. from, what he said that he was to the preacher that he says he is to, to watching him slap the little girl back, slap the little girl out of her chair. I mean, like, don't get me wrong. Like I'm pretty sure we've all had a moment to where a kid has made us feel like <laughs> they deserve that. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. But you know, the, the old school way of teaching of like, you will not disrespect me, but then like, I'm going to pick you back up and rebuild you and, you know, like make you feel better about yourself where he sits there and eats like in front of her. I'm like, what the fuck is this? Like, (laughs) I get it, but like, why? Um, Just the progression of all the things in this episode were really good. I don't like how they started to walk during the river to the river at the end. Cause I'm like, where are you going to go? Like there's water that way. You need to go like that way. That was the only thing that, kind of seemed weird right joel going full like i said full liam neeson seemed right ellie just learning her way in the real world seemed right yeah uh, it all fit yeah everything else was good I there's agree. only one more left oh oh don't tell me that that's crazy but i do have news for you if you're interested in the making of behind the scenes type stuff which i am the week after the finale they do have that episode coming out on okay. hbo so well, maybe we'll cover that. That'd be fun. I'll watch. I'll tell you about it. Yeah, we'll, <laughs> well, do y'all have anything else about Last of Us that we need to bring up? I, I will say that I am surprised that we're not getting as much zombie in this as I thought it would be. Like, for a post-apocalyptic zombie show, you've seen some stuff, but you don't really get a whole lot. This is more about the characters in this universe. I think that's one of the differences between this, like, with the game, because... You know, like I, t- I told you guys, Brian's actually playing the game now. So it's, it's I think last the night we actually, mm-hmm. and yeah. um, I think last night was like the first scene where you saw Joel and Tommy, Joel sat down and told Tommy about Ellie, you know, talking mm-hmm. about she's immune. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's really weird, you know, like, you know, you're watching the show and you know, there's some good points from the, or like good scenes from the game, but right. You know, it's, it's it's really good. They're they're holding to it, but you know they're kind of embellishing more. But like you said, I think for the show itself. But think about when you do see the the infected, when you do see the clickers, when you do did see the bloater. It wasn't like it it was placed to where it kind of threw you off. You're like, oh shit, you know. Then you're like, oh, for me, it had more effect than if you constantly saw. It. Right. And I think it's kind of like you know with like Walking Dead from you know because Brian and I were kind of talking about. He's like Walking Dead. It got to the point. It's like it was just commonplace. It wasn't really right. anything yeah. to kind of throw not you off anymore, right? Yeah. So I kind of appreciate the fact that it's not, you know, that it's it's there in the back of your mind, but when it does come into the foreground, it's just like, oh shit, you know, it's almost like you forgot about it, and then you see it, and you're like, oh my god. It's like dragons so, in Game of Thrones. 
Yeah. So I, I think it's probably a better effect, you know, doing it that way than having it like, you know, the foreground, that kind of thing. Well, when you watch something like uh, Walking Dead, you have them starting off in a urban area and you had more in the urban areas that they traversed in this show so far, but they're really trying to stay pretty rural and mm-hmm. out there. And it, I don't know how much the population truly has died versus like living. I don't know what the ratio is, but I do believe that if you make them too big of a character, like up front, then mm-hmm. you know, you're doing yourself a disservice come towards the end. Mm-hmm. So, more now does not equal better. I think now you need to definitely tell the story about survival of those who are surviving because just like Walking Dead did, as the dead kept dying and decaying and throughout the, the course of that story, um, the bands of people that, that did live and continue to live on, as much as they started to like you know all die off as the, the series progressed, you have a massive amount of number of dead versus living. Right. So if you have that here, then are they banding together? Because now you have a whole different dynamic, which is that whole interconnectivity of thinking and being able to know something 50 miles away because they're plant-based and, you know, roots and weird system and all that kind of crap, which is all scientifically accurate. But it's interesting that, being out there in the middle of nowhere where fungus truly would grow, that the system, like it's what my mind separates right now from a really weird technical standpoint is do they only talk to each other since they're cordyceps and they're they're like the living dead or do they still talk to like the mushroom cordyceps of like the shit that Mm. existed way before then, you know? Good question. And I kind of got the vibe that, you know, it seems like they're trying to steer towards colder climates because colder climates don't increase mushroom growth, like humidity and all that kind of crap. But I'm also not sure that they're smart enough to really know that. And I don't mean that in like a, the show is not smart enough. I mean that like the characters in the show, are they smart enough because they have, they haven't hinted at it at all. So I well, am, they just happen to like just migrate to certain areas just because it just that just happens to where you yeah. end up. Well, Look, they they did. If I'm that. if I'm surviving, I'm going somewhere tropical. Like yeah. if I'm going to be living in a post post, I don't want to freeze to death. World, I know that much. Yeah, I'm going somewhere <laughs> nice. Like I'm not layering up. Like this is like <laughs> it's beach season and sun, I'm going to be full tan everywhere. <laughs> They did bring that up though at the beginning of the series about the temperature yeah, being global, the right temperature global, rising like to change, be able to yeah. ideal for the the uh, the fungus. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I guess the common person may not know that. I, I suppose is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah I, well, they haven't alluded to it at all in the story so far. Okay, I think that's that's where I'm unsure of what their storytelling, like what they're trying to do at the where they're trying to take it. Okay. Yeah, man. Uh, loving the series. Uh, hate that next week is the finale. Um, but I'm sure this is coming back. This series is kind of taking over TV right now. Everybody's watching it. It's the next Walking Dead. It's the next House of the Dragon. You know, all that good stuff. It's it's what everybody's going to watch when it's on. But I'm loving it. 
Uh, HBO Max uh, knocks another one out of the park. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They've done, had a pretty ends, good record. You know, so we should be expecting. What's that? Announcements of some more hot D. Oh, yeah. I always love the hot D. Well, but I know we're not getting that for a while till at least next year, right? Yeah, but I'm interested to see how how long they're going to drag their feet because their their Sunday plan was to kind of alternate back and forth between uh, House of the Dragon and uh, Last of Us. I don't know what they're going to add into the mix because Sunday night is their time slot. It always has been for HBO. So, well, you saw uh, that we, we went over a few weeks ago that list of all the shows they have planned for the uh, Game of Thrones universe. Oh West yeah, West but West I don't know how much they actually plan. have in production versus, you know. I don't think. Yeah, I don't think they have any production. Those are all just plans now. So yeah, that makes good <laughs> sense. But I don't know. I missed it. HBO Max is going to keep my subscriptions. Put it that way. They need to bundle with somebody else. That way I can just bundle something up. But <laughs> HBO Max. But y'all, I got nothing else for tonight. Went through all the shows. Went through the news. Had an awesome guest. We got another guest next week. It's gonna be cool stuff. Um, Ted Lasso starts next week. It does. Just throwing that it's, out there. I don't have Apple TV. I guess I'll be watching the Pornhub documentary. That's, that's the only other option on the 15th. <laughs> Greg, does your wife own an iPad? She does, actually. Does it's, it? all, it's all wacky because iPads was. Apple's supposed to have this great product. It's better than everything else. And the battery's all messed up on it. I can't get it to work. So, you charge okay, it? Whatever. <laughs> we, yeah, we, tried, we tried charging. What happens is we put it on the charger and it, it says it's like 46%. Then like five minutes later, it's like 98%. And you'll pull the charger off and it's like 12%. And then it'll like, without even putting anything in, it'll go up to like 48%. And then it'll die. It's Be really, really husband. odd. Get her a new one for her birthday or whatever. Holiday yeah, comes yeah. next, St. Patrick's Day. There I mean, you go. I don't know, for I don't know if that's what defines Day. me as a good husband, but yes, uh, <laughs> I, I mean, definitely should. I definitely it ain't gonna should. hurt. <laughs> you know what though? I might just get her a, a, a Samsung uh, tablet because everything else in our house is Samsung, and you know that's the stuff that works for us. I don't know. Yeah, I know the only Apple product I bought is broken. That's all I'm saying. Well, this podcast is brought to you by. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But no. We'll see. I mean, I want to get to I'll, I'll eventually. Like I said, I'm actually in the process of um, maybe purchasing a new TV in the next week or two. And when I do, if it can get Apple TV, which it should, then I will probably be subscribed to Apple TV. Roku just out. came out with the whole new, uh, their own independent line of TVs. So they're not bad pricing. Roku is actually, definitely the way to go with smart TVs. I'm, check uh, them out and check out Verizon Plus Play. I think okay. that they just had a deal with Netflix for a year for 20 bucks and paramount plus for something else so okay. if you have verizon check out their new their new deals i did see that today all right i'll check it out look i know that uh the last tv like i've had every tv in my house is smart tv but they're all roku tvs and then i had one tv that i bought as a samsung tv it's a really nice tv samsung doesn't do roku nope. like they do they do their own platform for streaming or for like uh, or like uh what's the word i'm looking for interface uh for for streaming and it's like uh yeah, it works, but Roku is so easy, and I'm so used to it. It was so different with the Samsung. I was like, yeah, whatever TV I'm buying from now on is going to be a Roku TV. or ha- like, cause It's just, it doesn't make any sense not to. I want to be able to turn my TV on, hit left or right, and go to, the, go to the streaming service that I want to. I don't want to have to 
go to settings and pull up this and that. Like Samsung just has to figure that out. That's one thing that they have not got down well. And that's why I use Apple TV. Well, that's what I love about having Apple because it's like, even if I can't find the remote, yep. I'm like, pictures on my phone. <laughs> yep. I mean, I can, yeah. I can, like, Roku's the same way. I got a Roku remote on my phone because my dog chews my remote. Look, I have probably ordered in the last year 30 remotes. Because Roku, remote Roku remotes are cheap too. <laughs> I order them in bulk. I order them like four at a time because my dogs always find the remote and they always chew it up. But they're like three bucks a piece. All right. So. Here's the deal. You go to the home improvement <laughs> store, you get a hook, and you put that bitch on the wall to where a dog can't reach it. No, we already did that with Velcro on the headboard. So, but the dog still get it. I'm telling you. Trust me. We've gone through this. You know you're right, going to leave all those jokes on the remote so you don't lose it. Yes. Oh. Anyway, let's get out of here. <laughs> uh, take it back. This, this podcast right. is brought to you by Velcro for your headboard. Uh, I don't think it was. <laughs> no one wants to hear a. Oh, man. Um, all right. So we'll be back next week, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on YouTube. Uh, check us out. Uh, any podcatcher of your choice. Um, I am the Bat Daddy 52. Sarah, where can they find you? You can find me on the Twitter at My Lady Kitten. Hell yeah. Ross, anywhere? <laughs> right Not here. Damn place. Right. Yeah. Here. That's why you need to come check it out so we can talk to Ross. But I guess y'all, uh, until next week, just uh, keep pounding. Bye, guys.